So they named him Benjamin Button, right? Yeah. And, you know, all this crazy stuff is happening about him and we still don't really understand. Mm -hmm. So it really is a curious case. Stop it. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can call me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I were in jail and I needed to unify some delinquents, I would obviously hold auditions for a musical. Uh, do you think that it would be like a rendition of like, more like Chicago style? That sounds good. Like the salad block tango? Either it's, like, gotta be something, like, super, like, obvious, or it has to be something, like, way out of left field, like we're doing Legally Blonde. But then that's also kind of, like, obvious because of all the law. Ooh, yeah. You gotta go somewhere real weird with it. Yeah. Hmm. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I were in jail and needed to unify some delinquents, I would sit all of them down and make them watch my favorite TV show, which is Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Yeah. But I I also think they should do arts and crafts. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, find it hard to believe that, first of all, Archie can (laughs) just show up and be like, I'm going to make a speech and everyone just totally is going to listen. So I just, like... But you could probably pull it off for sure. I feel like if I said, hey, guys, instead of all like sitting around being bored, let's watch a TV show. They'd be like, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just in my opinion. Sure. Anyway, today we have words to say about episode 302 of Riverdale, Fortune and Men's Eyes. Hey. <laughs> so Fortune and Men's Eyes was a 1967 play and a 1971 film written by John Herbert about a young man's experience in prison exploring themes of homosexuality and sexual slavery. And it's also a poem by Shakespeare. It's not, that's not what it's called. The, they, the title of the movie came from the poem. Yeah, but that's not what the poem is called. I know, but they use it later on. Yeah. So we're aggressively saying the same thing. No, you're saying that Shakespeare's sonnet was called Fortune in Men's Eyes, and it wasn't. Oh, no, I wasn't saying that it was called that. I like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, actually, it has a better title, which is Sonnet 29. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, okay, this is how flicking, like, I, I don't know if, I don't know what the thing for, like, dyslexia of numbers is, but I was, in my head, I was like, it's Sonnet 92. Oh. Like, that's how numbers work in my brain. We have some listener thoughts. Oh, we do? Which is super fun and cute. Okay. Okay. Um, so we have Lauren at... Hi, Lauren. Uh, Marshmallow314, mm-hmm. which uh, you mentioned why they didn't bring up uh, Scientology instead of just like Heaven's Gate. And it's because... <laughs> I, don't Ooh, know if we're, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this. I don't see any reason not to. It's not like it's not public information. Okay, sweet. Do you want to explain it then? Yeah, it's that Marisol Nichols, who plays Hermione on Riverdale, is apparently part of Scientology and, like, believes in Scientology. So they probably tiptoe around making fun of Scientology because she believes in it. Yeah. So thanks to Lauren for bringing that up because I knew that, but I totally forgot. I did not know that. Or if I did- You didn't? No, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. Not necessarily on the pod, but, like, just in general, me and you. Well, then I'm a goldfish. Um, yeah, because you're the one who told me, so. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's um interesting. Yeah, like a year ago or something. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say on the matter. 
Cool. Yeah. Um, another one we got was from a certain Sam Casey's. Oh, what's she want? Who no longer who no longer is Sam Casey S, but Sam Casey C. So, update your Twitter follows accordingly. I guess you don't have to. The Twitter does that for you. No, I know. I'm just saying, if you were planning on following Sam, like, and you listen to like our old podcasts, and you're like looking for her, it's because she's Sam Casey C now. Oh, she's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she pointed out that swimming holes are always open Memorial Day to Labor Day. So it might not be as sinister as we think it is. Yeah, we're just stupid, it turns out. But I feel like that's not news. I've never even been, I've never been to a swimming hole. There's like, as far as I know, no swimming holes in my vicinity. So I'm just, and I'm not interested in going to a swimming hole. So I don't know. Yeah, I feel like um, swimming hole culture in Alberta is not like a big thing. Yeah. But um, maybe we're just sheltered. You know what? We're very much indoor children. Like, first of all, I mean, my main thing is, like, swimming pool, obviously. Yeah. Go to a swimming pool. It's safe and it's sanitary. Next, you can go to a lake or, like, the ocean. You know, like, I get it. But swimming holes, do they go anywhere or are they just, like, stagnant water? Because that's gross. I don't think they're stagnant water, bud. Because okay, if they were good. stagnant water, that would just be a pond. That's true. Yeah. Or, like, a puddle. Yeah, like a really, yeah. really um, swimmable puddle. <laughs> um, uh, last thing we had was from Megan Strain on SoundCloud, and she said, Hey guys, I'm so glad my favorite podcast is back for another season of Riverdale. Stop it. First oh my god, I love you, I love you. <laughs> Since we're three seasons in now, maybe it's time I confess that Archie is one of my favorite characters. Oh, I'm so sorry for all the crap we talk about him then. I don't mind that you guys don't like him much, but we all have our problematic faves, right? Anyways, my question for you this episode is who do you think is more likely to get a serpent tattoo first, Betty or Cheryl? Ooh, Cheryl. I think Cheryl too. Yeah. Mostly because Alice is going to be like, no! And also because, like, for Betty, I think for Cheryl, that's something that would maybe even happen off screen and she would offhandedly comment on it, whereas Betty, they would make it, like, a huge plot point. Right. Although I do have some homework for Megan. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you could just, like, write us a little blurb about what you like about Archie, I'd be very interested to hear about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Toot or boot? Toot. Huge toot. That, really yeah, huge episode. toot. Yeah, yep. I did too. I'm so in for season three, man. Like, it's already been so cool. I love how weird it is. I did see some complaints about this episode with people saying, if you introduce supernatural elements, then nothing in this show has to make sense. One, yeah, that's true. Um, two, I don't think any of it is actually really supernatural. Um, I think they'll find, like, a realistic way to do this. And three, since when does anything in this show make sense? Yeah, I was like, that kind of tracks with everything. Yeah. I'm not, I'm honestly not worried about things not making sense because they've never really made that much sense. And we'll just be here to be like, like, here's the difference is that, like, when we watch The Hundred and we talk about The Mm Hundred, we're just like, oh, that didn't really make sense. Weird. I'm sure they'll bring it back later. And then, like, at the end of the season, we're like, that still didn't make sense. Like, oops, that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. But this show... Or, or, like, even on Lost, it's just like, oh, that didn't make sense, must have been, like, you know, it'll come back. Mm-hmm. It will. Because it always comes back. But on this show, it's just like, oh, oh well. Yeah. It's, it's, this show is more akin to, like, soap opera logic, so, like, mm. Glee, than right. it is to, like, sci-fi logic, which is The Hundred. Like, they're two different schools of television. Yeah. And they have different rules. And... You know, either you lean into the ridiculousness or you don't. And so if they're saying, hey, all of a sudden there's witches and wizards and gargoyles and stuff, I'm like, all right, that sounds sure, fun. whatever. Yeah, I'll yeah. watch that. Honestly, I'm here for snake parents, so whatever. Anything else that happens around them, you, you know what, whatever. Exactly. 
Like, I, I don't care. I'm having fun. So thank you to Brittany this week for doing the notes. I am busy being a fancy professional actor person. You are. So thanks so much yeah, for helping me out there. You're welcome. Um, I think we're going to talk about Kevin and Moose first. We can. Um, now, they have an official ship name, yes? You know what? I'm sure they do, but I don't know what it is. Cool. I'm going to call him Coos. Um, let's not. Gonna do it if, for the rest of time now. Listen, if we're gonna call him Coos, can we just like? Coos, and it, Coos. I know it doesn't make sense, but like, can we call them Caboose? What? There's like, no- I know there isn't a B, but like, it would be funnier. No, I'm calling them Couscous. Oh, Cusco. Cusco's poison. Cusco, Coos and Co. R R O T C. Coos and Co. Anyway, this anyway. doesn't matter. Anyway, anyway, that was dumb. So Couscous. Yeah. So they only had, uh, turns out, three scenes. So this first one yeah. is they're um, at high school. Yes. As as they sometimes do. Mm-hmm. And Kevin tries to kiss Moose. Yeah. And Moose is like, bro. Bro. Bro, no. Kevin. He's not, he's not into it because Stop. his dad is there. <laughs> if Kevin, listen, Kevin is fully out and everything and I support him and love him so much. But if his dad was there, he would also not want to kiss people in front yeah. of him. I feel like the only people who feel comfortable doing that are Bughead and Varchie and I wish they mm. wouldn't. Yeah. I wish they were less comfortable doing that. Yeah. And also I feel bad. What's it? I'm sorry, please. What's the, what's the Trixie and Katya quote where um, Trixie says, I wish you wouldn't. No, it's I wish you would. I wish you would. Yeah. I wish you would. What is it that Katya says? Um, I will not stand for being slandered. I. Yes, yes. I, uh, oh, my body's changing and it's not something I'm going to apologize for. I wish you would. That's what it is. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, continue. Okay, but that's literally Kevin. It's yeah. My body's changing, and that's not something I'm going to go apologize, apologize for. <laughs> and Moose is like, I, I wish, wish you would. would. In today's episode, we're talking about aging, and I can't start that until the corpse of Mr. Burns in a rock and roll wig gets back. <laughs> you, you, you know what? I will not allow myself to be antagonized, bullied, and singled out during this episode. All right. I offer wisdom in this I'm regard. I'm getting older, my body's changing, and that's not something I'm going to apologize for. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would. I, I wish you would. <laughs> Shut I wish up, you. Would. I wish Moose is yes. like, can you just be less gay right now? Yeah, it's the part where Trixie says, um, I'm just trying to like film a show, but I can't do that until the corpse of Mr. Burns, Mr. Burns. in a rock and roll wig comes over here. Oh, it's what they deserve. Good times, good times. Anyway. Can, I think everyone can tell that uh, is back. It's finally back. Oh my gosh. The Did you watch the episode? Life. Of course. I loved it. Honestly, my favorite part was the, st- the part that we had already seen, which is where she goes, yeah. where she's like, um, uh, they're always on Wednesdays. Well, mine was on a Saturday. No. No. Okay. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then she goes, she goes, are they annual for you? And Gotcha goes, I think I'm just confused. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets drunk. It's on a Wednesday. A reunion? Yeah. They're always on Wednesday. High school reunions? Ours yeah. is on a Saturday. No. Okay. Never mind. They're always the night before Thanksgiving. Are they annual for you? I think I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's Finally, just my like, That's me. I just want to support I think I'm just Katya. confused. Because she, she never admits that ever. That's true. She just says stuff confidently mm-hmm. without any basis for fact. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, turns out that uh, Moose's dad... Does Moose's dad have a name? You know what? I looked it up, and all we really know is that he was in the military, so they call him Major Mason. 
Cool. So his name is Mr. Moose. His dad runs the R-O- R-R-O-T-C instead yes. of R-O-T-C. Right. Try saying that five times fast. Even Cody Kearsley has a hard time. R-R-O-T-C. 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 So, uh, that hey, is... Hey, hey, oh, um, oh. what club do pirates join when they're in high school? R-R-O-T-C. Yes! Cool. <laughs> I guess because of this, because, because of this. Thanks. Um, so I Googled R-R-O-T-C, and it literally has nothing to do with anything. So I Googled R-O-T-C, and that made more sense. So it was Reserve Officers oh Training my God. Corps Corporation, yes. I guess. It's like pre-pre-military. Yeah, I think the extra R is because it's the Riverdale Reserve Officers Training Corps. I made that up. Yeah, that and um, it's it's one of those spiffinies things. Yeah, yeah. American Excess. Shankshaw. Thursdays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so Moose, Moose, I guess, joined? Yeah, he was forced into it, yeah. Moose is like, hey, what's the gayest thing I can do? Join a club full of dudes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think there's a little bit of um, repression going on here that I'm a little worried about. Although, I did appreciate his dad being like, come on, on time is late. It sure is. I don't f- subscribe to that philosophy. Shout out, because like, literally, if you showed up on time when I was going to school, it was like... Minus five points. Why? You're on time. No, you have to be there 15 minutes early to warm up. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. like that. That's no, a, I, that, I didn't that's like That's a it game either. I don't like. Yeah. Um, and then also it's in room 302. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. Yeah. He said, room 302, let's go. Because obviously 302. This is episode 302. Yeah. So in the next scene, Kevin sees Moose at Pops and he's like, hey, handsome. And Moose is like, be less gay. Yeah, please no. Like, really? Like, you're just like, hey, let's not do this now. So I'm sad, um, to be honest with you. Kevin talks to Dolores also. I looked her up and I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. She's nothing. Uh, she's cool. nothing. But I mean, like, she wasn't in the comics. And Kevin's like, are you ashamed of me? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, he's just not ready to tell people yet. And I think there's a little bit of, I think Kevin scared the crap out of him in the last episode. Mm, oh yeah true yeah he seemed really like not sure about that because that's a huge step and so I think instead of addressing that he's gonna go ahead and do something else and I think there's a lot of midge guilt there and it's just something it's he's not ready for any of it his girlfriend just died and he like already probably feels bad for getting in a relationship so like a relationship quote yeah so quickly after she passes away but now also like Kevin's trying to take it to a, a way bigger step than he's ready for and he like i'm sure he like feels midge watching him <laughs> you know what i mean i feel like midge would just be like just do it dude it's just okay do it, whatever yeah she's like but, listen i'm dead but unfortunately um moose kind of like blows him off and he's like hey like he doesn't invite him to go sit with anyone he's just like hey i'm with the guys honestly i'm on moose's side on this one yeah, I think there should be boundaries, but I think that Moose is also kind of messing with Kevin. I wouldn't say so at all, because Kevin has proven himself at least twice now, where Moose said, please, can we not be so, like, serious, or, like, can we not do this oh, yeah. in public? Okay. And Kevin twice now has gone against that, and now he's, like, here with the people who he specifically doesn't want to know. Okay, but counterpoint, why would Kevin be doing these things if that wasn't already an established pattern that they had? Totally, exactly. And Kevin even says, like, this is what we've been doing, like, all summer and stuff. Yeah. But just because someone says yes once doesn't mean they say yes every time. No, of course. But, I mean, when they're in a relationship, 
I think it's fair for Moose to communicate with words, hey, I can't, I'm not out around these people. Right, okay. I, yeah. I think he is being, like, as clear as he can be with the language that he knows, that he understands. Oh, of course. Yeah. For Moose. But I do think he could be clearer for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the end of that scene yeah. is, like, him kind of bouncing. And then Kevin... <laughs> Again, this brings up boundaries because in the last scene, Kevin shows up to the RROTC meeting and he's like, hey, do you have room for one more? I have, I'm I'm of two minds in this one for this one. Why? Okay, on one side, you know, I, w- I was on Moose's side for the first two scenes in this episode. If I'm still on Moose's side, then I'm just like, Kevin, like I've literally told you like, don't don't come around us, like, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. Kevin, you're like going past the thing that I told you not to. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of like... Okay, but if Kevin knows that he and his boyfriend are like, I don't know what kind of labels they put on it or anything. But mm-hmm. if he feels him like kind of, if he feels him uh, uh, um, pulling, away. pulling away, then perhaps this is the moment where Kevin is being like, hello, here I am. I'm engaging with your interests. I'm trying to, like, if you're worried about your dad knowing about me, I'm here to show your dad that I'm like a good person and I can be a part of this thing that's important to him and you know like I'm I'm hoping that in the next few episodes rather than seeing Kevin be like hi I'm still trying to be like super gay around your dad and your friends that you don't want me to be gay around and and instead will be like hello I am a person who is trying to who is doing my best to be a good boyfriend Mm -hmm. whereas like I kind of flipped to the other side and I was like Moose has established this boundary with you and you just crossed it and Instead of talking to him about it, he's once again sort of inserted himself into another arena of Moose's life. Right. But the thing that I wanted to note in this scene is the little bit of backstory we yeah. get with Mr. Moose, which is that Mr. Moose <laughs> and Tom Mr. were, Moose. Mis- yeah, they they uh, went to school together and they so were in nice. ROTC together. So does that justify and then lead to Moose being in the Parentdale flashback episode? Okay, I have thoughts on this. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, oh boy. And also we've seen Midge's mom. We've seen Midge's mom too. Bring back Amelia. Bring back Amelia. But we finally today gotten stills from the episode, which I thought was going to come much later in the season. So we're coming to 304. 304. That's it. I do have to, I think it looks cool. I do have to once again, uh, bring up that I actually find it quite upsetting not not upsetting but I'm disappointed that they chose to use um the actors that they already have as their children it's an interesting choice like I understand why they did it but I really feel like as a person who's trying to act in Vancouver and like I'm not even close to to ready (laughs) to do that anyway but as someone who's trying to act in Vancouver it bothers me that they chose to give opportunities to people who already have these opportunities rather than give opportunities to a whole slew of new actors that could be that would be ready and would be just as good mm-hmm. um I also seeing the stills like I find it actually really confusing I did we obviously have like totally different opinions on this because yeah. for me I think it's a brilliant way to shortcut your emotional investment by saying, okay, well, you already know those faces, so you already have attachments to these faces. But I, too, was getting a little confused looking at the stills, Mm because I was like, wait, who's supposed to be who again? I literally, like, looked at Madeline, and I was just like, why is is Cheryl sad? 
No, she's Penelope. Yeah. So it's like, it's confusing. And I feel like seasons down the line, when we see gifts from this this episode, we'll be confused. We'll think it's just the other characters. We'll be like, when did this happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I want to reserve judgment until I see it, though, because I think it could be really cool. Also, Kevin playing straight? Ugh. Will be great. Oh my god, that's going to be so hard. Will be great. How is he even going to do that? I know, I'm so excited. Anyway, I think it's going to be cool because I like the mix-up of all the relationships, and now we kind of have an explanation for maybe why Moose is in some of those stills, which is, oh, okay, they were friends in high school. Will Jason speak? Because he's Clifford. (sighs) What if he shows Probably. up and he's Claudius? <laughs> that would be so funny. Oh my god, what if he does? That would be so funny. Oh my god. Because here's the thing, is that we've already had incest issues with Cheryl and Jason, right? So if yes. if we have to watch basically Cheryl and Jason like getting together, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, ew, I don't like that. Because they're playing their parents. Oh, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Also, the girl who plays Polly doesn't get to play anybody. Oh, yeah. And I'm sad for her. I think the thing that I find, we are totally off topic, but um, the thing that I'm going to find interesting is having the kids all play the different relationships because, of course, Bughead will still have the same relationship. Ah! But there is, like, Archie is not young Hiram. Right. Archie is Fred. So what was, so are we going to get some Fred and Hermione stuff? Because some of those stills. And who plays young Hiram? Exactly. Oh, my goodness gracious. Because she's an only child. Yep. Will we see Gladys in these flashbacks? If so, who plays her? Who the hell is Gladys? <sighs> Jughead's mom. Oh, Get my with bad. it. And, I mean... No, I honestly, I doubt it. I think this one will be focused on snake parents. Who plays Hal? Is oh. Hal there? Because I'm sure he, like he's part of the love triangle. He has to be there. Yeah, but and the love triangle him? was closer to senior year. Right. Who else? We shall see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, like, it looks like Sierra and Tom already kind of liked each other. Yeah. So I'm you like, can tell. okay, but you both got married to different people. I'm interested in the story, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, we should keep talking about this episode, but yeah. let the world be known. Like, let the world know that we are very, very interested in team adults way more than all this stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Team adults all the way. Yeah. Pa- um, or a parent Dale, it is, it is known. Parent Dale, yes. Okay, let's talk about Veronica and Archie, I guess, now. Oh, boy. Must we? Yes, because then we can talk about the more interesting things after. All right, fair enough. Okay, so let's talk about Varchi. Okay. Which I think will always sound like like Vajeji, which is uh, a frontal wedgie. Um, Alrighty. So Archie is off to prison. Yeah. He gets hosed down. Yeah. What's with the baby powder? Um, so I did some research, and it's actually mm-hmm. uh, delousing powder because there was like lice was a real is a real big problem in prison. Oh, yeah. Okay, I feel less weird about it now. Yeah. So I guess they do that every time. I don't know. That's what oh. I read. Okay. Well, I guess good hygiene then. Yeah. So Archie gets put in his little prison outfit, mm-hmm. and the warden calls for him. Why is he so important? Why? I mean, obviously because Hiram, but still. I just, the thing that I find interesting about this is that the warden is taking a special interest in Archie, despite the fact that Hiram, like, also has a special interest in Archie, and I don't think their agendas line up. 
it feels kind of gross. Yeah. But also, like, listen, I, I think I only watched, like, two seasons of Orange is the New Black, but this kind of feels like that where it's just, like, everything's about freaking Piper, and Piper's, like, one of the least interesting characters on that show, but, like, everything's about Piper, and the warden always wants to see Piper, you know what I mean? Agreed. And it's, like, Obviously, Kay. I feel, obviously, like, Pusey was the most interesting, but... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I I really watching. liked, um, Morello. Is that her name? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I really liked her. Oh, and Daya, obviously. Archie sees the quote on the wall. Yeah. And it says, When in disgrace with fortune and men's eyes, I alone beweep my outcast state. Would you like to hear the full sonnet? Okay, I had it, but you go ahead. Oh, no, you can do it if you want. I've just um, performed Shakespeare before. Yeah, go go ahead. Okay. So this is sonnet 29. When in disgrace with fortune and men's eyes, I all alone beweep my outcast state and trouble deaf heaven with my bootless cries and look upon myself and curse my fate, wishing me like to one more rich in hope, featured like him, like him with friends possessed, desiring this man's art and that man's scope with what I most enjoy contented least. Yet in these thoughts myself almost despising, haply I think on thee, and then my state, like to the lark at break of day arising, from sullen earth sings hymns at heaven's gate. For thy sweet love remembered such wealth brings, that then I scorn to change my state with kings. So like we could go line by line and figure out what it means, but it really doesn't matter. It basically just, in the sonnet, the speaker bemoans his status as an outcast and failure, but feels better upon thinking of his beloved, which is like basically what Arth she's about. And there are some arguments about this, about, like, you know, why Shakespeare wrote it and what it was about. Mm. But at the end, um, a lot of scholars have been careful to note that the gender of the person that they cast their eyes on is not revealed. Hey, And it's because there's a lot of speculation that Shakespeare was bisexual. Hey, Go off, Shakespeare. But the thing that I wanted to note about the warden using this is that he completely misuses it. Totally! He says that, like, it's... Like, he's like, it means you're all alone. I'm like, no, the point is that you have fallen from grace and that you have no, like, you know, status with other people, but that you aren't really alone because you have a beloved out there. Yeah. It, it, the poem is about having hope despite the odds. And the warden's like, it means that you're screwed. And another thing is, it's just like, we think, oh, like, this works perfectly for Archie. But, like, I really think that no. it more it more um, encapsulates Mad Dog in this episode. I would agree. And I think it would also encapsulate FP's entire, like, arc. Yeah. So I, I just, like, that's a classic case of, like, some old white dude misinterpreting stuff to fit their own pull-up-your-bootstraps, like, borderline Republican agenda, but whatever. Yeah. But thankfully, like, I guess the show remembered that Archie likes music. Yeah. And the warden says he's like, he's like, you know, I know that you like music, so you can play it here if you want. And I'm like, why? I find it hard to believe that, like, I don't know how many people are in the little prison detention center they've got going on there, but I find it a real, really hard to believe that none of them play instruments. Yeah, and the first thing that the warden does when Archie gets to jail is give him special privileges. Wow, she's right. What the hell is this? If Hiram hates Archie, why is he being like, oh, by the way, give him, like, special things? Exactly. Is it because he murdered someone that the warden thinks he might be useful? Oh my gosh, I have so many questions about Warden Norton. First of all, why would they, the the thing is, why are they using the name Warden Norton when it's so freaking hard to say? And he's not a part of comics lore. So, like, I'm not sure why they're using that name. Fun. What? Fun. Oh, fun. I thought you said it was a pun. I was like, oh, explain. But that's why, yeah, like like you were saying, it feels like Hiram's and the Warden's 
like agendas kind of clash and i just i find warden norton very creepy yes super creepy and not like in a cute way like i find him to be borderline red shirt oh you think yeah i don't know him like choosing specific young men is like weird oh no for sure it's gonna get really weird yeah um yeah anyway i don't like it thanks no i don't like it either so um in places that aren't jail yeah. The hot dads are with Ronnie. Oh my and gosh. I feel like Ronnie is the luckiest person in the whole world because she gets to hang out with the hot dads. Yeah. Um, so apparently, what's Dead Kid's name? Cassidy. Cassidy's crappy three friends that, you know, were with them when they helped rob Lodge Lodge um, gave false testimony about Archie, which helped put him in prison. So you and I were kind of wrong, but also we didn't have all the information we needed. Well, I, I wouldn't say we were wrong. I would say, like, us being like, hey, why weren't there testimonies? And then them being like, oh, there were. We're like, cool, thank you. Yeah, apparently. Well, it's more like there were testimonies from those three idiots, right. but there were no testimonies right, 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 from right, right, right. our core four. Yeah. So, still kind of questioning so that. But, a- yeah, apparently they testified and they are now hiding in the woods. I think this is important. But, but they're hiding near Shadow Lake, not near Riverdale. Right, but... I don't know. I feel like at some point they might become cannon fodder for whatever's going on. Okay. Like, if they turn up dead. Then, yeah, we will keep that in mind for sure then. Yeah. Sweet. And then Ronnie says that... Actually, it's more that Ronnie calls Archie Archiekins in front of them, and I'm like, what? Really? Yeah, and Fred doesn't even, like, bat an eyelash. Yeah, because Fred's used to their gross stuff. I'm like, it's kind of weird, but whatever. Okay, but, like, I live for Tom's smirk in this. Oh, my God. Like, FP and Tom are, like, okay. Honestly, like, we, I talk about FP all the freaking time, but I love Tom Keller just as much. Mm-hmm. I love Tom Keller. That is a bald-faced lie. You know you love FP more. I love I love Tom Keller almost as much. Like, almost as much. Like, they're, they're close. I love Tom Keller as much as I love Fred. I love Tom Keller more than I love Fred. I actually agree with you. Yeah, okay. it's, like, FP, Tom... Fred. Fred. And then all the other dads can go away. Yeah, Hiram, beat it. Hal, bye. Clifford, bye. What's a Hal and a Clifford? Never heard of yeah, them. Yeah, right? Who cares? Anyway, um, Ronnie says that she wants to keep things as they are for when Archie comes back. And I'm like, really? How long How's do you that- think this is gonna be, dude? How's that work? Because here's the thing. Even if she does go to the Inno- Innocence Project, which is great, and actually, like, I even brought that up last episode... Uh, I said, like, there are specific, like, things that, like, work to exonerate people who are innocent. Um, yes. The Innocence Project is a real, real yeah, thing. Yeah, so, like, that's kind of, like, what I was insinuating, so I feel super smart about it. Um, oh my God. But the point that I made last episode was that they're going to have a hard time getting him out of there consider- because he confessed. Yeah. So if she doesn't have issues because he literally confessed, I'm going to call BS. I think that's part of the reason why the warden was like, you're mad dog, because he knows he's going to be in there for a long time. Right. Oh, speaking of mad dog. Yay! Archie meets Wells. Sorry, mad dog. We can call him Wells, honestly. I'm going to call him mad dog, because I think it sounds more badass. I guess. It's definitely a different character for him. So do you want to, if somebody didn't watch last week's episode, or listen to last week's episode, do you want to explain who Wells is? Yes, um, so Eli Gorey plays Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. 
He also played Wells on another show that we enjoy a little bit called The Hundred. Um, his character was around. It's it, you know his character was supposed to live the whole time. Oh, I would I I I would have loved Wells to still be in season five. Like I love yeah. Wells. Yeah, his character was supposed to be around, but they decided to kill him off for shock value. Yeah, so that was fun. But anyway, Eli Gorey has gone on to do bigger and much cooler things, um, including Riverdale, where he's playing Mad Dog. I love seeing and him Mad succeed. Dog is into pull-ups. Oh my gosh, did he bulk up or what, Frick? Yo, the muscle. Like, <laughs> Murphy k- kicked his butt <laughs> in, like, episode three or whatever of The yeah. Hundred, and now he's just like, I will- I- he he would Eli could- Gorey could pick up Richard Harmon and throw him. <laughs> it's so true. And Richard Harmon yeah. would be like, you know what, I deserve this. Yeah, Richard Harmon would be fine yeah, with that, yeah. I think. Yeah. So Mad Dog is he's into pull-ups, but he is not into talking. Right. I have a question. I have an answer. Cool. Why did the I think I almost kind of have an answer myself, but I just wonder why the guards call him by his nickname. I think Mad Dog is a passed along nickname. Like, is it because he's the warden's like puppy dog or whatever yeah so then they're like yeah we'll call you by the name you want to be called but you know it just no feels like- i think mad dog is a title that gets passed down oh i so think you archie think- is mad dog now. so you think they're gonna start calling archie mad dog well they said you're mad dog i thought he meant like you're the new mad dog like like i mean possible right. but i'm just throwing theories out there oh, wow yeah i guess i mean that makes sense for why they would call him that consider like mm-hmm. you know if someone's last name is johnson and they're like oh actually i go by mad dog he- they'd be like whatever johnson you know what i mean yeah that's why it's just like obviously i don't want him in there but like put sweet pea in there just so we can figure out what his freaking name is Ooh, good point but ooh, last episode i think i'm pretty sure last episode i brought up that like fangs is like fangs like that can't be his, for his real name you know what i mean mm-hmm, but, but it is his real name while we were doing our rewatch like when they announce over the intercom at Riverdale High, Antoinette Topaz. Okay, Tony's real name is Antoinette. Fine. But when Weatherby goes over the intercom later in the season, he says Fangs Fogarty. So <laughs> So that's his actual name. Robin, you said this in the last podcast. We've already had this conversation. No, I said, oh, like I wonder if it is his real name, but now we've got actual like proof after we've done our okay. watch. Well, I don't think Mad Dog is his real name, just oh, for the record. Oh, oh okay, me neither. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mad Dog doesn't, like, want to say anything, but the one thing he does say is that Archie should keep his shoes lice real tight. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Archie brings up later that, like, he has a lot of the things that nobody else does, like, including a television and a record player. Yep. So, yikes. But also, like, I'm sorry, I couldn't see what he was reading. I like to, like, look up what people are reading, but I couldn't see what it was. But also interesting that the warden decided to put them together in the first place. Right, right. And what happened to his original roommate? Like, does he just get, like, roommate cellmates or whatever? And then, like, they get cycled out as, like, the warden sees fit? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So, Ronnie wants to be student body president. Yeah. But. What else is new? According to Weatherby, someone else got to it first. Yeah. And then we smash cut to Cheryl Topless. And Josie. This is a teen show. Yeah. Yeah. And Cheryl says that Ronnie shouldn't just, like, take Archie's place as president because Jackie O didn't take uh, Kennedy's place. Lyndon B. Johnson did. Bit of, bit of a difference, yeah. though. No, my favorite thing is that Josie immediately was like, well, um, Johnson led them into Vietnam. Like, we love an educated queen. Yeah. But yeah. also, not only was Veronica Archie's girlfriend, she was also his, like, she was running with him. 
it makes sense that she would take over, you know? Like, she yeah, is the vice this president. Is, this is my other point in this scene, is Cheryl says she needs the presidency for her college application, and I'm like, were you not worried about that last year? That's I, that's another weird thing, is it's just like, oh, the reason why she doesn't think Veronica needs it is because Veronica's rich, but so is Cheryl. Cheryl's rich, too, so it's just like, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, she's like, I need this for my college application, and I was like, since when? Yeah, since when why do you care about that? run earlier then? I mean, I know she was busy last season, but... She found time to do Carrie the Musical. That's true. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Also, Cheryl was uh, brought up that they were in junior year, so I guess that has been rectified, and now we know that, like, Cheryl has been bumped back a grade, slash, she's just in junior year now with them. That's just how it's gonna be, apparently. I think, like, in 201, like, Fred's vision of, like, their graduation day, and, like, she wasn't in graduating clothes, and that's because she was a year above, above them. So it's, like, just happened recently that they changed it. Yeah. And this is, like, another one of those things where, like, they will change the logic of the show and we're like, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, you're just gonna roll with it. If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's just how it is. Also, Josie's pussycat bra is just, like, the most Josie thing in the whole world. Thanks. Yeah, I love that all the girls have coordinating lingerie according to their personality. Yeah. Really? Because, like, does my purple bra match my personality? No. 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 Speaking of nothing related, Archie's headed out to the prison yard for the first time. Mm-hmm. And everyone's, like, checking him out. Like, sizing him up. Yeah. Peeping his shoes. Mm-hmm. And, um... Which aren't even he, that nice. Yeah, they're... Uh, yeah, like, I don't see the big deal. But yeah. I mean, I'm not a sneakerhead, so I wouldn't know. But yeah. they didn't look that cute. Kind of dirty. So he walks up to the serpents, and the serpents are like, who are you? And he's like... I'm Archie. I got the, t- <laughs> I got the tats. Yeah. And, like, Slash, who introduces himself, Slash. is like... That's a new tattoo. Who gave it to you? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I were Slash, I would be more impressed that, like, the Serpent King himself gave him the tattoo, but whatever. Right. But one other thing is that, like, one of the other serpents who's at the table who doesn't talk, like, has these, like, wire-rimmed type glasses. Uh, what? He, serpents can't wear glasses? No, like, I support him. I just want to know more about him. I like this this dork, this dork dorky serpent. Tell me more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm interested in his story. Thank you. Because none of the other, because none of the other serpents wear glasses. Oh, I don't know, I'm does. just interested in him. Yeah. Well, maybe he can't wear contacts in prison. Yeah, maybe. So, Slash is not, or Slash is impressed with his tattoo, but you know who isn't? <gasps> what? Ah! I was right! Yes, you were. Oh my goodness. Okay. First of all, I love him so much. Never should have left San Junipero. Never should, l- listen, like, I'm glad that we're seeing him again, and I think Rob Rako is so beautiful. He has the most incredible eyes in the entire world. They're unreal. Um, And I love him, and uh, yeah. I'm just, like, happy to see him. I just wish we it was under better circumstances. Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And the circumstances are that he was arrested during riot night when he showed up to help Fangs. Lame. Nobody else was. Um, that's true. And what did he do, even? I don't know, because we didn't see him. Yeah, he they like literally, like, left him at the Joneses trailer, and they were like, bye, and then he's just like, oh, I guess I got into shenanigans. Apparently. Yes. So... What's his But anyway, Joaquin's there, and that's fun for us. Yeah. And he was like, um, you can't sit with us because, one, we wear pink on Wednesdays, and it's Wednesday, and you're not pink. Yeah. And two, you haven't earned our trust. Uh Uh-huh. But he can earn it by shanking a ghoulie with a shiv that they made out of a toothbrush. Oh, I thought it was a spoon. I thought it was a toothbrush. It could be a spoon. Yeah, it could have been either. Either way, I feel like the Riverdale writers, um have a really hilarious view of what prison is like. Every time they say the word shiv, I laugh. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, the only thing that I wrote after, like, that summary of the scene was the word wow. I mean, like, I just don't understand what Joaquin's problem is. Like, I get that he's like, I'm kind of the leader here now because I'm the character that you, like, know. Even though he, like, only showed up, like, three months ago, I guess. But he and Archie, although they weren't friends, really, never really had a problem with him. They were, you know, they were both at Jughead's birthday party, you know, Mm -hmm. like the first one before Cheryl and Chuck showed up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like, I understand that Joaquin is probably like trying to look tough in front of the other serpents. But like, I'm just like, what's your problem with Archie? If Jughead said, because Joaquin was friends with Jughead. We know that for sure. And he would like respect FP. So it's just like, like Joaquin, (laughs) I guess Joaquin deserves to be there because he literally was like an accomplice to murder. But I just like, if you will help fp cover up a murder but archie shows up and says fp gave me this tattoo and said to make you let make you let me sit with you and joaquin's like no that's just weird maybe it's because no okay no but i would get it because in his mind it would look like archie shot fangs you think that joaquin thinks that archie shot fangs i think joaquin thinks that archie is like not a real serpent didn't really earn his stripes right and Treated everyone like crap for a long time. And you know what? He's not wrong. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Cool. So anyway, Archie's like, hey, I'm not going to do that. But Joaquin's yeah. like, no, no, no. The guards will turn a blind eye. I don't think that's real. I don't think that's real at all. He's like, he's like, yeah, we pay them. I'm like, with what money, Joaquin? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they could pay them other ways, but I don't think the guards, Um, I don't think this is that kind of show. Oh, Okay. Do you mean yeah. like sex things or like jingle yes, jangle? Yes, I do. Okay. No, not jingle j- <laughs> What would they have jingle jangle for? I don't know. They're serpents. Oh, that's true. The ghoulies yeah. have jingle jangle. You're right. Anyway, Archie bounces and everyone whistles at his shoes and I think that's hilarious to me. <laughs> Archie's like, I'm uncomfortable. This is the this is the homosexuality that the title implies. <laughs> no, yeah. And like, there's another joke later on that's even more obvious that I was like, wow. Oh my God. Okay. We'll get there though. Yeah. <clears throat> So Archie, um, like the dramatic emo kid he is, is just like sitting alone, like didn't even turn the lights on in the room. Oh my gosh, I totally didn't even realize that. Yeah, like (laughs) he's just sitting, he's sitting in like the mid-afternoon sun playing the guitar. I was like, you're, wow, okay. So he's he's just really in his feelings. And the ghoulies are like, hey, no emails allowed, so we want your shoes. Yeah. And this is a scene straight out of Hocus Pocus. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Um, There's this amazing scene in Hocus Pocus where his name is Ice. Mm-hmm. And you know because he has it shaved on the back of his head. Gotcha. He decides that he wants uh, our lead hero's shoes, Max. Uh-huh. So they stop him and steal his shoes. And I'm really just wondering if that lead guy's name is Ice. Wouldn't that be cool? I think that I'm going to name him Ice because he he's just called Ghoulie number one. Okay. So his name's Ice now. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So basically all that happens in this scene is they're like, um, we got arrested because of the drag race. And I'm like, boy, that must have been a wild episode of Drag Race. Ghoulie number one, Ice, specifically mm-hmm. says not to touch Archie's face. Why not? Yeah. So that the prison guards don't know that Archie's been injured. Why would the prison guards care? Um... Because clearly he's the warden's golden boy. Right. Do you think they all know that already? Do you think that's why they, like, actually listen to him after? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Because I was under the impression that 
that was the reason why the warden chose him was because they all listened to him. But also, like, at the same time, if you get caught beating someone up in prison, you're going to get punished. Oh, totally. Unless you're, like, part of the prison guard. Yeah. But if you don't notice, then... Yeah. So, okay, so this this is the thing that I was talking about. Okay. Is Archie can't sit properly. Yeah. Which kind of, like implies a much darker joke right okay yeah sure okay so now you're on the same page that i am yeah i definitely so ha- didn't get that but like from it yeah 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 okay. he's literally he's literally like shifting his ass on the bench i was like really anyway um ronnie's like what's um what's what's this about and archie's like oh my god it's like my boyfriend is not allowed to wear ugly shoes like that yeah, um, literally, what are those? <laughs> She's like, hey, um, what's going on? And he's like, nothing. Tell me about this speakeasy you're building, even though you're a teenager. Yeah. Because that's something you can do. And Ronnie's like, okay, neat segue. So, neat. Anyway, he wants to know how being president is, and that's really awkward because she's not the president. Even though, honestly, like, she should be. I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know. No, like, authority-wise, like, she was the vice president. She should be president. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's not out of the ordinary that he asks her that, because he can assume that she was, pre- she is president. Yeah. yeah. And because she's not president, when we go to Pops and Cheryl and the victims walk in, Ronnie will not serve them, and it's not because she, like, can refuse service as a waitress, but because she owns Pops. Right. <laughs> And Cheryl is like, um, you can't discriminate against someone because they're better looking than you. I think that's iconic. Fully. Yeah. So here's where, like, I totally turn on Ronnie. Is Ronnie basically calls Cheryl trash? Yeah. And is like, um, Cheryl, you're making a scene. And I'm like, no, she's not. No, you're making a scene. You're, you're the one making the scene, Ronnie, because you're taking your misplaced anger out on her. But go off. And Cheryl, who is too good for Ronnie... Sends the fixins away so that they can talk about Ronnie's problems. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah. She's like, hey, this is a matter between me and you. Like, are you okay? Which honestly yeah. is so lovely because end of season one, Cheryl was having a whole heckin' lot of issues. And Ronnie was the one who said, Cheryl, are you okay? Mm-hmm. This is great. And and now Cheryl's returning the favor. And not only does she return the favor, but she gives her a really good piece of advice. Yeah. Which is, hey, Being president is kind of stressful, but here's something that you can do that's actually within your realm of interest and capability. Look up the Innocence Project. Right. Great advice. Totally. And she, so she mentions the Innocence Project was, is a real project to get people who have been wrongfully accused out of prison. Yes. And then she ends it by saying, hey, by the way, cancel my order. I'm going to TGI Thursdays. Wow. I, honestly, I get it because TV is way better on Thursdays. Oh, totally. Yeah. Another thing that, sorry, I'm bringing it back a little bit to Cheryl wanting to be president. Mm -hmm. It's just strange to me that they're, and it's clear that Cheryl has like gotten the presidency now. It's just strange to me that the writers chose that this season they were like, Cheryl's going to be the president when Cheryl wasn't even an option last season. Like, no, like there was literally like seven options on the, like up there on the stage. Yeah. Are the core four. Mm hmm. Reggie was up there, Josie was up Josie. there, and Ethel yeah. was up there. So it's just weird to me that they're just like, um, yeah, of all of those people, let's make it Cheryl. Well, Cheryl did say that Ethel doesn't have time because she's too busy muttering about the gargoyle. Oh, totally. Don't make yeah. it Ethel. Yeah, don't make it Ethel. And Cheryl, at least they mentioned that. But like, and I guess it really could have been. Wow, there's a plot line for Josie. 
Right? Yeah. But anyway, I'm not going to like look a gift horse in the mouth because clearly I love when Ronnie and Cheryl interact, even though Cheryl is far too good for Ronnie at this point. Snaps. Thank you so much. Okay. So because Cheryl has told Ronnie that she should start a chapter of the Innocence Project, Ronnie's like, hey, I know good advice when I see it. So she goes to her mom, who is the mayor, Yep. but she's going to her as a citizen, not as her daughter. Right. And she says, I want to start a chapter of the Innocence Project in Riverdale. Yeah. I think this is a really important scene for Hermione. Okay. Because Hermione allowing Ronnie to do this while being a woman in an abusive relationship probably cost her a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Hiram was probably mad. Yeah, because the last thing Hiram wants is Archie getting out of prison and they all know that Archie is innocent. So I think that's going to be a consequence that Hermione probably faced at home, whether or not the show addresses it, who knows. But now that the show has explicitly stated, you know, Hermione is in an abusive relationship, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to assume that. Yeah. Um. So Hermione says, yeah, you can do it. And Ronnie says, oh, also I accept donations. Yeah. <laughs> I would just like to say, so do I. Via our Patreon, which is patreon.com. Oh my God. Wait, shut, shut up. That was such a good segue. Oh, my God. It was. Actually, like, I mean, go off. Fire. Okay, Hermione, what? Uh, she mentions Gloria, who I think is, we can assume, is her assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, the only Gloria that I could find in the Wikipedia for Archie Comics characters uh, is one of Katie Keene's friends, uh, who's another character, kind of like Cheryl. She's, like, a lot like Cheryl, except she has dark hair. Um, mm-hmm. Katie's close friends include her fellow models, Gloria Granbilt and Lucky Lorelai. The former, called Gloria Gold in later incarnations, is her vain blonde rival for the boys' af- affections, while the latter is her blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter about the latter. But, okay. um, yeah, I don't think that means anything. I think they probably just chose the word Gloria. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I just like to check. Okay. Cool. So, Mad Dog says that um, he tried to warn Archie because, mm-hmm. you know, shoeless and had the crap beaten out of him. And he wants to know why the serpents won't look out for Archie. Yeah. And Archie says, well, it's because I have morals and I won't stab someone. And Mad Dog's like, hey, when you're in prison, you can't have those. Yeah. He specifically says, you won't have humanity here. You need to be an animal. He says animal a number of times. Right. And if, and if, because my thought about that was that just like, oh, he likes animals. His name is Mad Dog. But if Mad Dog is a title that was given to him, like, then I wonder if he's trying to give hints. Well, I think what he's trying to do is tell Archie, be one of the pack, join the pack, blend in, Mm -hmm. do not stand out, because he specifically tells Archie (laughs) to avoid getting tapped, which is another horrible euphemism. Um, um, what if he's being like, be an animal, be an animal, and um, snakes are animals, but ghouls aren't animals. So he's telling him to be a serpent. <laughs> be, he's like, be an animal. <laughs> and Archie's like, what? And he's like, just be a serpent, dude. Yeah. Be a serpent. Yeah. What are your options? Be an animal. Hiss, hiss, motherfucker. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Archie's bruise? Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm not sure how that happened. Is, did he just get hit a bunch of times? Yeah, I feel like you're asking way too many questions. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, It looked vaguely rune-shaped. I feel like that's a coincidence. Yeah, I think so too. I just wanted to like, just because like it had like a hole in the middle, so it kind of looked like a rune type thing that we're mm-hmm. learning about, but yeah. Um, Could have been I, hit with a musical instrument though. That's true. Mm-hmm. I have another question. Okay. Um, if they keep stealing nice sneakers, who wears the sneakers? Uh, whoever is higher up on the ghoulie slash serpent hierarchy. Like Ice get hit, gets his gets his original sneakers, and then, mm-hmm. as far as we know, nobody actually got Archie's new sneakers. But if 
he were to get those sneakers, then then he would just pass down old Archie's older sneakers. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions <sighs> here that everyone has similar shoe sizes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And also, there's a lot of assumptions that anyone would want those new sneakers, because I'm sorry, but Archie's new sneakers are, like, one of the most hideous pairs of shoes I've ever seen. Yeah, they're Riverdale High colors, and I'm like, nobody wants this. No. We'll get there. But, okay, so anyway, the end of that scene is Mad Dog specifically telling Archie, don't get tapped. Yeah, before they kill you like an animal, and of course he, quotation, dies. Yes. Now we can bring up the shoes. Ronnie and Reggie bring him the shoes. Yeah. I feel like both of them should have better taste than this. Uh, yeah. Reggie helped you know me pick them out. Well, that's probably why it went to garbage. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. actually, because Reggie probably has really bad taste. Yeah. But I really like this little moment where Reggie's like, hey, you're my friend, and I picked you on new shoes, and I came to visit you, and we really miss you. And I'm like, who are you? Yeah, <laughs> right? Um, He's like, we need you to play football. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh, it would have been nice if you could wear these shoes at the pep rally, right? Um, mm-hmm. but if Archie wasn't in jail, they wouldn't have bought him shoes. Listen, don't bring your logic you're and right, facts you're right, in you're here. Right. But- What are you doing? So what is Reggie even saying? Like, I literally don't understand any of these words, any of these, like, football sport words. He's just, like, something about Moose? Is he- Like- uh, I think because Moose dropped out to join the RROTC, they don't have a proper, I want to say, line back. That's what I thought they were also saying, but then I re-listened to it, and I don't know if that's what it sounded like. If anybody knows anything about football and what Reggie, that, like, freaking is saying, because I have no idea, please let us know. Yeah, I don't know anything about football. Yeah. If you ask me questions about, like, football, soccer, like, football, football, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can answer these questions for you, no problem. Hey, what happened to the wrestling team? Yeah, because I know, we know that Archie's going to be doing boxing, but we don't know anything oh, about God. wrestling. Anyway, yeah. so apparently Reggie talking nonstop about football and nothing else yeah. inspires Archie to put his sweet new kicks on. <laughs> and walk into the prison yard and make a speech and i'm like if you get beat up i don't blame anyone there y'all how did riverdale get the rights to 21 pilots's new single before the album even came out because riverdale has a lot of money yeah i have questions like i support them um and also first of all i love 21 pilots they should play more songs of theirs and also Mm -hmm. today i bought tickets to see them in vancouver you did? Yeah, and I'm really excited uh, because when they came to Alberta for their last tour, it was sold out immediately and I didn't get to Wait, get a ticket. Am I going with you? What's going on here? Uh, no, Callie, Callie, you? Callie is flying out to come with me. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah. While Archie's speeching, he says the phrase straight up. I just want to point out that he sounded stupid while saying that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and he also says that he doesn't want to be an animal. Um, interesting because Mad Dog said be one. Because he looks straight at Mad Dog. So awkward. Um, um, yeah. I ship it. Oh, I could get into that. Yeah. Yeah, that's too handsome, man. Yeah, I'm down for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plus, they have, like, I feel like they have, like, interesting chemistry, and they could both <gasps> yeah. bring a lot of, like, balance to the relationship. <laughs> They're like, yeah, put him in a cell with Mad Dog. <laughs> Bad decision. They're in love now. It's a freaking rom-com, you morons. Yeah. Um, Archie says that they should be in high school joining clubs. And... Rando Gooley says that he dropped out in the fourth grade to sell drugs to support his Nana. Support your Nana, Ice. Hey, who um, is buying drugs from fourth graders? Hmm, what a great question. Yeah. Like, is that really how dark the Ghoulies get? Hmm. What happened on the south side? Don't know. 
So literally the thing that I put after that, I typed that sentence, was LMAO, because it's the funniest thing that I've ever heard on this show. I mean, I, I know that's a real thing that happens to real people. I just don't believe that that happened on Riverdale. Mm. So Archie proposes that they use football to solve all their problems. And then Mad Dog agrees. Another, well, Mad Dog says that if they kill each other, then like the guards win or whatever. And he knows yeah. all about that. Why would they get rid of... Okay, do you think Mad Dog is dead? No. I don't think so either. And I want him to come back really bad because he got like... Okay. Like, like he brought up so many like cool story points and I'm just like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Here's, here's my theory. Are you ready? Yes. Mad Dog agreed to this football idea because he needed a cover to do something else. Like what? He says that the warden is having him do something. Right. During the football game. Yeah. My theory, and I'm hoping it's true, is that whatever errand he was going on, he actually managed to give them the slip and escape from the prison. Oh, okay. What if the warden promised him, hey, if you go through with this, then you can see like Liz and your mom again. Yeah. That, like there's gotta yeah. be, there's gotta be something. They use it as a cover for something. He's I just don't know what it is dead. yet. Yeah. No, I don't. Listen, TV rule. No body, no death. No death. Sorry, Dilton. <laughs> Mad Dog is agreeing and Archie puts his sneaks up as a prize for the MVP. Yeah. That's a really crappy prize. I wouldn't want it. Yeah. I don't know what the ghoulies deal with sneakers are, but I mean, go off, I guess. Yeah. And then um, the warden is watching, kind of like yeah. a creep. Yeah. So I don't know. But Ronnie thinks this is a great idea. Yeah. And Archie's like, yeah, everyone's on board. Like, everyone's like really down in the dumps and they really need this. But you know what we could really use? A pep rally. Oh my God. And Ronnie's like, you're so right. Great so idea. she goes to Cheryl and she's like, you're right. Protecting Archie's presidency actually literally serves no narrative or logical purpose. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, but she does need a favor. Mm. So, hmm. What could that favor be? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. So Mad Dog and Archie are working out because they're best friends. Yeah. I love them and I ship. I actually, now oh, yeah, I do I ship, ship it a lot and I'm very, I, I, and I would like that them to go through with that. Thanks. Mad Archie? <laughs> Marchie? Um, Marchie? Archie, Archie dog, Archie dog, <laughs> Archie dog. Apparently, Mad Dog isn't gonna play because the warden says he has other business. Mm -hmm. Don't know what that is yet, but it's gonna be something super illegal that the warden shouldn't be doing. Yep. Archie Crooked. wants to know who Mad Dog is because, like, he's close to the warden. So Mad Dog sits down and he's like, "Hang on, I gotta unlock my tragic backstory." And he turns the key, and he says, "His mom, his brother, and his girlfriend Liz used to visit him every Saturday." But then one day the warden banned them for his own good and he hasn't seen them in two years. Right. What's up with that? Yeah. Well, the thing is that like he's like, oh, don't let it happen to you or whatever. And the reason why it's happening to Archie is because of Hiram. But I don't think that Mad Dog has anything to do with Hiram. I don't think he does either. He's okay. So, but and also he's going to be 18 next month, right? And then he's going to go to a real prison. He has 22 yes. years. What did you do, dude? At Because uh, cause he's been in there for two years already. That's straight. That's got to be murder. So yeah. so it happened when he was 16, just like Archie, question mark? Yeah, probably. How? Because Archie didn't get 22 years, did he? No. Uh, they didn't actually say how long his sentence yeah. was. Oh, time served plus... Uh, plus juvie. Time in juvie. Yeah. Yeah, I think we don't know exactly like what years. time served. I feel like it was two years in juvie? juvie? Yeah, because he's 16. Um, he says that his girlfriend's name was Liz. Mm -hmm. So I looked in Archie Comics characters, and the only character that we have in 
uh, as Liz is Aerobic Liz. That's her name, Aerobic Liz. Liz is the local Riverdale aerobics instructor, which honestly like makes sense considering he's so like into working out. Uh, who appeared in a few stories in the early 1990s. She appears occasionally in Jughead and is fascinated by Jughead's metabolism, but encourages him to be healthy. She has also taught Veronica an aerobics class. When Veronica panicked over gaining some weight, she threw Veronica out of her place, but later Veronica said she admired Liz for standing up to her. She had red hair and freckles, but there was nothing to suggest a connection between her and Archie. Who doesn't have red hair and freckles in the show? Right? So that's Liz. Okay. Yeah. Well, then we shall see. Yeah. Maybe we will meet her. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's time for the football game. Yeah. <sighs> so the guards and the warden are watching. Yeah. And the vixens show up. You, you can't do that. Yeah, they, I mean, I don't know how they even got near the prison grounds. Like, if if that was how it was, then, like, every time they were in the, every time they're in the yard is visitor hours, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're not doing anything. Like, there are actual shots of the warden and the guards after the vixens show up where they're just standing there. I'm like, this isn't allowed, though, right? No, it's not. But it's, come on, it's Riverdale logic. Yeah. So they're going to dance to Jailhouse Rock because Which, this honestly, is Riverdale. That's a good song choice. That's hilarious. And um, my favorite part is, like, sort of, like, this 50s-esque, like, dudes going nuts thing. Yeah. Where, like, they all jump at the fence. And I'm like, is the only gay guy in prison Joaquin? <laughs> yeah, Joaquin's like, whatever, guys. Like, Are there any male right. cheerleaders? Yeah. No. So, the thing that I think is important in this scene is that Cheryl, Josie, and Ronnie are lip-syncing to a track that they apparently recorded without Tony. Right. What the heck? Where is Tony? She's a vixen. What makes you think that they're lip-syncing? Oh, are they singing live? Like, the actor's definitely not. But, like, you know, they're up there singing Milkshake at the begin of, beginning of season two, and that's definitely recorded, but... Oh, that's even more embarrassing. But okay. they're, like, singing it live on the show, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not wearing mics, though, so... Oh, no, totally. So how would they be singing in the schoolyard and have any sort of sound? Oh, I agree. Yeah. So I think they're lip-syncing because it's all of them singing it. I just am not sure that they would have had time to do that. Well, then where's the, I know there's no logic here, but like, it's clearly like Camila singing it. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm, I just thought they found an instrumental and they were singing it. But they don't have mics on. No, totally. All right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the most important part is that Tony wasn't there and I was angry about it. Yeah. Um, Hiram shows up like a rich wet blanket. This was very um, annoying. I'm trying to figure out like what brand of blanket he would be. Oh. Like if he's going to be a rich wet blanket. Snuggie. I want to say. Okay, I was looking for something more luxurious, but like, like leisure, uh, the leisure, leisure, yeah. leisure suit. Yeah, I'm thinking like <sighs> Snuggy for sure. No, I'm thinking I'm thinking like a luxury brand. Snuggy. Like he wishes he was Gucci, but he's not. Snuggy. And he wishes he was Versace, but he's not. I'm gonna go for Michael Kors because it's fake luxurious. Whatever. Okay, Snuggy, it is. Yay. Anyway, apparently he and the warden are friends. Wow, I'm shocked. Wait, this part bothered me a lot. Yeah, it bothered me a lot too, but why did it bother you? Because, Veronica, if you have choreographed a piece and you're also singing in the piece, you can't just walk away from the choreography. They need you for things. That's a good point. What the heck? That's a good point. I was more bothered by the fact that Hiram, like, probably secretly owns that prison. If you walk away... From your choreography, then the spacing is all wrong, and then everyone's not in the window they need to be in. Well, maybe they just, you know what, they're good at improv. I guess they've all the dudes have walked away to play football because they only cared about the first verse or whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Hiram was already, like, trying to set up a prison in Riverdale, so, I mean, I guess it makes sense that he would own more than one. Exactly. So the warden told him about the game and that he won't let Ronnie flush her life down the drain and she is banned from seeing Archie. What is the number one way to get a teenager to do something? (laughs) Exactly. You ban them from doing it. Yeah. He doesn't know his child at all. No. And then Ronnie, because this is just a 50s like movie at this point, says that he won't keep them apart. And if you'll excuse her, she needs to go cheer her boyfriend on to victory. Gotta go. Which is the single funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, you're doing something really important right now, Ronnie. Like, listen, I've seen people on Twitter recently, like, talking about this scene, about how garbage Riverdale is, and, like, uh, this scene it's was very garbage. cringy. It was very yeah. cringy. This is not the best show in the entire world, but gosh darn, is it not entertaining. And so, like, I always want to be like, oh, hey, but wait, no, because, like, I want to, like, <laughs> it makes me, it makes me want to be like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is fun garbage. Yeah, it makes me want to go in there and, like, defend it defend its honor but also i don't have any anything to say no it's just like i like this garbage this is my garbage it it knows it's garbage it knows don't worry yeah Yeah. like hermione or um ronnie's like i need to cheer my boyfriend on to victory and i'm like you sound stupid i love you yeah yeah um so then i didn't even notice this on first watch but on second watch obviously hiram gives the warden the signal and the guards are like stop the riot and i'm like what so they've talked like they've talked about it ahead of time yeah they use this as an excuse i know they use the riot as an excuse and a cover for something oh absolutely so it's and i don't know if they use it as a cover to kill mad dog because everyone got beaten up yeah but it's a cover for something. Also, like, literally they started beating up Archie and I was like, okay, whatever. And then you get, like, a shot of them beating up Joaquin and I'm like, wait a second! And, like, how stupid does Archie have to be to be like, I'm gonna fight back? Dude. You're in prison. You're gonna get more time for doing that. I mean, it turned out, like, it worked for him, but that's because it's Archie. Yeah. Anyway, don't hurt Joaquin, (sighs) thanks. Anyway, Hiram bounces because he's garbage. And Archie goes back to his cell. Mad Dog is missing. All his stuff is gone. And the guard says that Mad Dog died in the riots. But, dude. He's up to something. The riot literally just happened, right? Yeah. So it's like if Mad Dog died in the riots and then Archie gets back and they have already taken all Mad Dog's stuff out? Like, that, I'd call fake news. No, Mad Dog has gone somewhere. Yeah, he, he packed up his own stuff. Yeah. And he went places. Yeah. And he's like, Mad Dog wasn't wasn't even there at the riot. Like, he specifically told me that he wasn't going to go. And that's, like, I think the loose end that is going to unravel Archie in prison. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, how many days did he even live with Mad Dog? But he's like, I have an emotional attachment. Well, you know how people are. Yeah. He's like, I love this dog. And if anything (laughs) happened to it, I would kill myself and then everybody, or everybody else and then myself. There you go. Yeah, or whatever. I've only had Arlo for a day and a half. But if anything happened to him, I would kill everyone in this room and then myself. I think that is it. Yeah, or something. Yeah. So, Ronnie and Cheryl talk about... Oh, wait. Ronnie being... What? Cell 302. Oh, yes, of course. Cell 302. But as much as I loved Mad Dog, this does give the opportunity for a new cellmate, and I find that interesting. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. So, Ronnie and Cheryl. Yes. Ronnie and Cheryl are pops, and they're talking about Ronnie being banned. Yeah. And Cheryl, again, too good to be giving Ronnie advice, does it anyway. Mm-hmm. 
is like, oh my God, when Tony and I went on our iconic road trip to California, we had Reggie get us fakes. And I'm like, I want a whole episode about that road trip. Oh my goodness. Agree. Chonies slash Shonies big gay road trip to California. Are you kidding to me? To try and get into the Viper room. And of course they're trying to get into the Viper room the Viper because room. that's a snake thing. But she also references Daddy Dearest, which was a sitcom from 1993. Okay. Okay. It's also just like a regular nickname people use. Oh yeah. Yeah. All I wrote here was Ronnie, once again, does not deserve Cheryl. Mm. I'm mad at Ronnie in this episode. I don't know why. That's okay. Um. So Ronnie apparently doesn't have a good wig stylist. Yeah. Because she shows up to prison to visit Archie in a disguise wearing a wig. Like, she, I don't think she even bothered to get a lace front. No. Like, aren't you rich? If... If Hiram owns this prison, I find it hard to believe that he would be if, that he'd be like, yes, Veronica Lodge can't go, and that'd be the only precaution he'd take. But Monica Posh can, yeah. Monica Posh from the Innocence Project. Well, she could yeah. come in. Oh my god, I just realized that Monica Posh sounds like Veronica Lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I don't yeah, know yeah. why I didn't put that together, but okay, yeah. I don't know why either. Even I did. Monica Posh. I just thought like, oh, Monica. Yeah, good name. And then Posh. Of course she's Posh. Posh. Posh Spice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The warden shows up to Archie's room in the middle of the night, which I think is rude because that's sleepy time. Was it night? Well, it's all blue in there. I assumed it was night. Oh, I thought that's just how jail lighting is. But okay, yeah. So Archie wants to know where Mad Dog is. And the warden's like, I'm probably not going to address that plot point. Dude, I feel like every season we're just like, Archie's in love with a man. I just feel like bisexual Archie would make him so much more interesting to me. Oh my gosh, so much more interesting. Another yeah. bisexual lead, please. Because then me, as a bisexual idiot, would relate to him, another bisexual idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the warden is, like, more interested in weirdly touching Archie on the shoulder and being like, I'm tapping you to be the new Mad Dog. And I was like, yeah. Mad Dog specifically told you not to, like, do this. Yeah. So you didn't listen. Um. Also, honestly, Mad Dog was too good for Archie. Yeah, the guy who told him was named Captain Golightly. Holly um, Golightly. Holly Golightly uh, is probably the reference that they're making there. Um, but also, Go Lightly is like, it just like works for a prison guard. Anyway, so Holly Golightly. Okay, yeah, tell me more. Um, She's the character from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. Do you not know these things? I've never seen that movie. Um, She's a comics Ooh. artist. That's what I was going to bring up. Is it, she's a, she is an artist. I don't know what to do with you right now. Holly Golightly. I was born in 1995. Okay, I was born in 1989. Okay. Breakfast at Tiffany's was a book from 1958. Okay. Anyway, so Breakfast at Tiffany's is a movie from 1961 that I was obsessed with. I've seen it like a bazillion times. And I cannot believe that you went straight to, I guess. I couldn't get through I couldn't get through My Fair Lady, so I just didn't try. Why would you I just disrespect Audrey Hepburn in this manner? I just stopped watching old movies because I didn't, because they were boring. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Okay, okay, so here's a fun fact for you then. Maybe My Fair Lady is just much more boring than Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I'm My Fair Lady is far more interesting because it has music in it. Anyway, oh, so yeah, Breakfast okay. at Tiffany's was directed by Blake Edwards. Do you know who Blake Edwards is? Alyssa Edwards' brother? That is a great answer. It's not correct, but oh, it's okay. a great answer. Then no. Um, he is Julie Andrews' husband. I want Dick Van Dyke to be Julie Andrews' husband. No, they were so happily married. He passed away a couple years ago, but he directed stuff like Pink Panther, Victor Victoria, um, and of course, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. 
and I knew all of that off the top of my head because I just really love um, Grandma Julie. Cool. Okay. So um, that's the end of the Varchi storyline. He's the new mad dog. What if we go straight to Bughead? You ever think about that ship name is literally a bug's head? Oh, well, Jug's, Jughead's name is literally a, a, a head, but it's a jug. Mm, true, true, so. true. A lot of true things being said here. They're, they're, nothing's really great. Yeah. Did you know that there's an episode of Lost called Jughead? I did. I did know that. It's in season five. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. It means something different, though. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Jughead all I'll say. Jughead is a yeah. bomb, isn't it? It's a bomb, yeah. Right. Uh, it's okay. a giant bomb called Jughead. Yeah. But I think that the bomb is named after this Jughead. No, I think Jughead is actually a type of bomb. A type of bomb? Yeah, hang on. I always thought they were just like, let's name the bomb. We'll name it after oh, Jughead. Oh, you know what? Maybe it is. Yeah, let me go on Lostpedia. I'm very Jughead interested in this Jughead is a name. name for a version of the 1954 Mark 16 nuclear bomb. Oh, cool. So, yeah. But, like, I wonder, well, like, why is it nicknamed that? Let's find out. Know. Let's find out. I'm looking right Jughead now. Bomb. I <laughs> lost media. Jughead was the nickname that. of a 20 ton hydrogen bomb brought to the island in 1954, which makes sense. But why is it called that? Trivia The term Jughead refers to a foolish or stupid person. <laughs> Jughead Jones is one of the main characters in Archie comics. Jughead was the code name for an actual liquid fuel nuclear device designed by Los Alamos Scientific Laboratory and prepared for use as part of the. Okay, yeah, this is a lot of things. Speaking of not bombs, anyway. Yeah. Hey, fact bomb. Oh. There's a new doctor in town. Yes. Dr. Patel. Yes. And I don't know if Dr. Patel is a very good doctor. Oh. Because he thinks that Betty's seizure was stress-induced. He's a comics man, though. Is he? Yes. Tell me. Okay. Sorry in advance for this long-ass paragraph about him. Oh, dear. His name is Raj. Mm-hmm. Raj Patel. Yet another new student at Riverdale High. Raj is of Indian descent and lives with his father, Ravi, his mother, Mona, and his sister, Tina. He befriended Archie after moving to town and first arrived in Tales from Riverdale Digest 21. Raj's favorite hobby is filmmaking. He is an expert on no-budget special effects and builds his own models for science fiction movies. He is well-liked at school, but sometimes his filmmaking gets on people's nerves. So he is... um, uh, Abed. Abed, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ravi Patel is a doctor who wishes his son would take up more serious issues, while Mona is more supportive. Tina is a year younger than Raj, but she is such a good student that she was moved off a grade so that both she and Raj are in the same year as Archie and the gang. After Raj's introduction, he often appeared in daily newspaper strips as well. So, this isn't Raj Patel. This is it's Ravi Patel. Dad. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I hope we meet him. I hope we do too, actually. Yeah. Raj and what's his sister, Tina. Yeah. Cute. So, Dr. Patel says that it was stress-induced, um, but Alice makes sure to note that the tests were still coming back, so I feel that we're going to find out it was definitely Adderall-induced. Yes. And um, I have to say, I really love Alice's necklaces. Yeah, she, I'm like, did you get out of bed and decide to put all your necklaces on now? <laughs> but also, Betty just kind of, like, sitting there in a sweatshirt looking wrecked is me on any given day when I wake up. I'm really about crystal necklaces. I like them a lot. All right. I think they're pretty. They are pretty. Yeah. So Alice with the crystal necklace says um, that they did not throw the babies into a fire like Polly thinks, or like that Betty thinks they did. Yeah. And Polly's like, yeah, we didn't do that. Juniper and Dagwood are sleeping. And I'm like, but show us them. Right. We haven't seen them. Yeah. Are they really napping? I have a question. I have an answer. We know that Evelyn was at the fire. 
mm-hmm. um, because she mentions it. Do mm-hmm. you think Edgar was also at the fire then? Yes. This person who is like super mysterious, you know, it's like if his daughter's there, of course he would be there. Yeah, of Ooh. course. This Edgar person who like we're all wondering about was at her house. Yeah. He knows where she lives. Just at a casual cookout. Yeah. So um, everyone agrees that they that she had a hallucination. And I'm like, yeah. I do not agree. See, well, we shall see. we'll see. So Betty goes to school and Jughead tells Betty that Dilton is dead and that Ben is in the hospital. And no one seems really upset about this. I'm okay. This is going to sound terrible. Like, Dilton Doily is dead. This is going to sound terrible. But like I last episode, I was really upset that they killed off Dilton and not Ben because Ben isn't even in the comics and Dilton is like iconic. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is going to sound terrible. But like the fact that they immediately killed off Ben makes me feel better about it. Oh, yeah, like, Ben wasn't... Well, because then he wasn't more important than Dilton Doily. Yeah, because then Ben isn't, like, super long-lived and is, like, way more... Is, like, a way bigger deal than Dilton, who... Which he shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about Ben right now is that he's in the hospital, which is important. Yes. And the next important thing that Jug says is that they had blue lips and had chalices filled with poison. Yeah. And then you know things are about to get serious because Jughead takes his hat off. Ooh. He's like, I need to be vulnerable. I just thought it was really interesting how they have never brought up, like, the other random times that Ben has shown up. Like, he's shown up three super just random times throughout the series. Mm-hmm. At the drive-in, with Grundy, and um, uh, at the Bijou. Or not at the Bijou, but, like, he was conducting Chick's interview last season. Mm-hmm. And those are just all random times. They didn't bring up the Chick one, but they did bring up the drive-in twice and the thing with Grundy once. You know? So it's like... Yeah, I guess I guess for the not for the casual viewer, they're just like, by the way, Ben's been here for a while. Do you remember him? I mean, I I didn't remember him until you said something. So Juggy asks Betty to investigate everything with him and they kiss and everything's sweet. And I'm like, your friend's dead. Yeah, you are talking about how your friend died, but whatever. Yeah, he's like, do you want to, like, solve the mystery of our friend being murdered? I know, and they're like, oh my god, it's so sexy when you talk about murder. And I'm like, you guys are disgusting. This is not the tone that you should be taking. <laughs> not cute, not like, cute. Like, I know the show is, like, like we joke and, like, it's, it's a silly show, but sometimes mm-hmm. I do stuff where I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, so Bughead go to find Dr. Curdle, except mm-hmm. Dr. Curdle is dead. What's that about? Curdle is like, curdle is a gross freaking word. word. It's and what every time they yeah. say it, it's like, it's like even hearing Betty say it, I'm like, ugh, you don't need to. But the thing I'm interested in is the casual passing of Dr. Curdle Sr. Did he get murdered by his son? I'm wondering that. I'm wondering if maybe he disappeared to Ever Neverland? Ever Neverland. Ooh! Yeah, so. Ooh! Hmm. That is such a good. You. She's Thank so you. smart. That's a really good. Oh, that's what the farm is called, dude. Duh. Ever Neverland. Ever Neverland. That sounds amazing. Genius. Okay. Hang on. I'm just making sure that actor's not dead. It's probably good to check. No, well, he's still alive. Okay. That's good. Okay. So I don't know why that actor, maybe he just wasn't, either that actor wasn't available or something dark happened to Dr. Curdle. Yeah. Because there's no reason to recast him unless something happened. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They pay him for some info on their dead friend. Uh-huh. Uh, once again, their dead friend is on the table. Is it not traumatizing to see somebody who, yeah. like, you have known well your entire life? They grew up with him. Apparently not. 
Oh my gosh. And also, Betty was so horrified to see a dead body when um, it was, what was his name? Dwayne? Dwayne. Yeah. And then she sees her dead friend and she's like, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Screen Rant. Okay. Because uh, I did some research. Um, and somebody published an article on Screen Rant and they knew a lot about runes and they translated the runes that are scratched into their backs. No way. Way. Using our alphabet. We checked out the rune scratch into the backs of Benjamin Button. First of all, they called him Benjamin Button. Yeah, Benjamin Button. That was really funny. What the heck? They yeah. never do stuff like that. Why would they call him that? Especially if he's just going to die right now. Uh, why do that? Why? Why? I think, I don't know. It was funny though. Why? 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 Like, I feel like you have to have, a, uh, anyway, I'm like really messed up by that. And Dilton Doily during their sacrifice at the Gargoyle King's altar. And sure mm-hmm. enough, they spell out T-G-K. Surely an acronym for... The Gargoyle King. Seems, uh, that whatever yes. this mon- seems that whatever this monster is, it marks its acolytes after they drink the fresh aid. Slash Kool-Aid, obviously. Yeah. But, so they're saying it wasn't Dilton and Ben. This is like, I think her name was Hannah who wrote this uh, uh, article, so shout out. But mm-hmm. um, she seems to think that it wasn't Ben and Dilton who uh, carved it into them, but the Gargoyle King who came afterward. Oh, I just assumed they carved it into each other. Yeah, me too. But I mean, now she, now this has been offered up. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Okay, but TGK. Okay. Yeah, so we saw like a bunch of runes also on Dilton's map. And so, mm-hmm. so like with her knowledge of runes slash like the knowledge of runes from like other people that she knows or whatever, she was able to like, now they have a list of runes that are like it's an incomplete alphabet so they're not exactly sure what everything says yet but yeah i'm gonna keep checking for sure okay speaking of the fresh aid Mm -hmm. they said that that's what cyanide was mixed with creating the blue lips it was blueberry flavored right literally drinking cult kool-aid yeah (laughs) and then (laughs) in case you needed any foreshadowing oh my gosh he says it's all very familiar why darker than jason or the black hood it's literally him saying he literally says it's darker this is darker than season one and season two i was like okay please like the subtext stick please i i'm i feel bruised already like literally it's like season one jason season two the black hood you know so it's like he's literally saying darker season one darker than season two which is weird because i think jason was darker than than this or the black hood yeah than the Black Hood. Because it was someone oh, that they knew father? murdering someone that they knew. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I don't know. I mean, so was Hal. I know. Someone I just, it it felt more of a parody. Okay. Sure. So, back with hipster Jughead. Oh my gosh. You pretentious. Uh, apparently, he doesn't know what, Frank. yeah, he doesn't know what digital photography is and develops the film, like, physically. I'm sorry, like, if my sister was here, I would ask her, but, like, I'm pretty sure that the, that it develops just the same on your freaking digital, digital camera than it does with a freaking red room. That just takes extra, extra time. Well, okay, interestingly, my cousin Jillian, who has been on other episodes of our other pods, is now a camera, like, enthusiast slash hobbyist, and she says that film oftentimes is actually more high quality than digital. But, having said that... Don't you want to be able to take those digital copies around with you on your phone? Yes. Also, what he's taking a picture of is just, like, you don't need a super, super high res of that. You just need to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, whatever. 
Anyway, he took pictures of his dead friend and then developed them at school. Again, nothing weird about that. Mm-hmm. Ben is out of the ICU. Yeah. So they named him Benjamin Button, right? Yeah. And, you know, all this crazy stuff is happening about him and we still don't really understand. Mm-hmm. So it really is a curious case. Stop it. Mm. <sighs> all right, fine. Okay. I'll allow it. I'll Thanks. allow it. Thanks. <clears throat> anyway... Your prediction from last week came true. Oh my gosh, I love being a genius. Because Betty is looking at some pictures of runes, and then there's, like, this girl. And it's like, hey, who the heck are you? And it's like, hey, I'm heckin' Evelyn Evernever. Dude, genuinely, I feel so smart. And genuinely, that is very fun to say. Evelyn Evernever? Totally. Evelyn Evernever. But, like... So she... What? I'm just, like, really proud of myself, because this doesn't happen to me a lot. (laughs) that you get theories right that i get and like so quickly they get like completely like you did it here it is here's some like immediate gratification for what you did and like i just like i guess what her name was gonna be just by going on the wikipedia page and like searching ever never and i just like figured out what her name was anyway i feel smart continue um so evelyn ever never is edgar ever never's daughter yes and they were at the campfire and yes. she just she just wants Betty to know that she's not going to tell anyone that Betty had a seizure. This is fully set up for blackmail, but go off. Yeah. The thing that I find interesting in this scene is that Evelyn sort of casually mentions that Alice was burning some of her stuff. Yes. And another thing she says is that Polly and Alice are studying with her dad. Studying? Mm-hmm. 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 Studying what? Yeah. And then Betty's like, hey, you're weird. I'm going to go. And so yeah. she goes and Evelyn's like "Mm, okay but I'm very confidently creepy so I'm not worried I also I'm worried yeah I wanted to bring up like I already read this out last episode when we were talking about Edgar ever never um but just like one sentence from the synopsis of who Evelyn ever never is Evelyn was a shy girl with a bit of an inferiority complex with tenuous relations to the rest of the gang so just to bring that up now that we know her okay also so this is Zoe. She plays Evelyn. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice to see her again, considering she was on Orphan Black. Yes. And I enjoyed her work on Orphan Black. I really actually liked Gracie a lot. But it's interesting that her, like, her um, typecast or, like, what she keeps getting is just, like, cult member. Because Gracie oh. was a cult member and now Evelyn is also a cult member. So I just find that interesting as well. So Bughead go to solve the curious case of Benjamin Button. Exactly. Um, but he's out cold, but his mom is there. Yes. And she said that Ben was kind of an odd duck mm-hmm. and that his piano teacher was murdered. Oh, how sad. I love how they fully, they just don't put that together. But also, the thing is that, like, you know, we can we can brush past that if we want. But she says that that was kind of like a switch for him. Like, that was like, you know everything kind of started going downhill at that point. And I understand that because he was the last person to see her alive. Yeah, that would mess you up. Yeah. Especially since clearly there was some sort of affair going on there, which means he was also sort of being sexually abused. And like, I love Ethel, <laughs> but uh, actually I super don't love uh, Yeah, Ethel. I was going to say, actually. I don't at all. Uh, yeah, me neither. Um, But he's like, oh yeah, I dated Grundy. My next girlfriend is Ethel. But it, right, like his next girlfriend wasn't Ethel. That's true. I mean, obviously we'll get there, but Betty Betty is just like, hey, like, remember, like, Princess Ethelene? Like, uh, isn't she your girlfriend? And he's just like, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he's (laughs) He's like, like, we'll be reunited. I'm like, okay, you're in a trance right now. As his character, I think. Yeah, true, right. Right, Um, right, 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 right. 
So Ben became friends with Dilton and totally changed. He started sneaking out. He started having nightmares. And I'm like, you're just describing Betty. Yep. Jughead finds a weird branch doll thing. Yes. And his mom says a girl with a bow in her hair left it for Ben. And clearly Mm -hmm. only one person at Riverdale High wears a bow in their hair. Right. Um, And then a random background cop shows up while Minetta is there, insulting the only people who've ever solved a crime in Riverdale. Yep. He's like, I won't have kids poking their nose in. And I'm like, you've never solved a crime. And neither has Tom. The deputy's name is Henderson. Yes, it is. I don't know anything about her, but yeah. She says that one of Dilton's adventure scouts is missing. Does this kid just not have a name? I don't think we, I don't think he has a name. No, he doesn't. I looked it up and I'm just like, why does this kid not have a name? I would like to know it. Thanks. Yeah. So since there's only one person in Riverdale High that wears a bow. Yeah. They track Ethel down and they find her reading a book called Ship It by Britta London. Yes. Britta is a writer on the show. Oh, she is? Yes, she is. Oh my gosh. That's too funny. It's really cute. She was just like, put my book in there. Yeah, they did that for her. And the book is about a teenage girl who writes um, slash fic and is insulted by her favorite actor for asking if his character might be gay at Mm Comic-Con. And after the gays rightfully go after him for being, like, such a homophobic jerk, she joins the press tour of his show to help with the PR nightmare. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like this cute little like rom-com because she has a crush on a girl named Tess and she's helping out with like this show and you know their image of themselves and is he as homophobic as he seems and I'm like wow this really would have worked for the Supergirl cast. Oh my but... gosh that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah the Supergirl cast wishes that they had someone like that. Anyway um, that is what Ethel is reading. Yeah. And I think that's really cute. Um, Ethel does not want to talk to Bughead and I'm like yeah me either. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm just like, I actually don't even mind Bughead. I'm just like, together they seem like they would, like, interrogate anything out of you. Yeah. Jughead asks, like, is this the Gargoyle King? And she's like, ew, no, it's a protection talisman. And I'm like, yeah, sure, because that makes more sense. That's, a, that's something that I found interesting, though, that it's a protection talisman. Because when they go into the actual bunker, there are, mm, like, so many yeah. of them. Yeah. They really need to be protected. So, like, they want to summon the Gargoyle King and sacrifice themselves to him, but they want to be protected from him? I guess so. They're like, no, what? I want to be sacrificed at the exact right moment. I I guess. So, apparently Ben is her boyfriend, and they started dating that summer, but they spent all of their time in Dilton's bunker. Sounds gross, but go off. It's like, the Dilton that they've established in this universe, I completely believe, has, like, a survival bunker. Mm-hmm. And Bughead are like, hey, take us to the bunker. And she's like, no. And they're like, yes. And she's like, fine, but it has to be a secret. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I have no idea what the hell is wrong with Ethel, but she does not show up. She, I find her, she is so shady, dude. Like, I know that we knew that she is, um, she was guilty of, like, sending those magazine clipping letters. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's got to be guilty of more than that because she's freaking shady. I find her like so strange because she gives information too easily. Like she means for the, like, like she's like, oh, I spent all my time in like Dilton's bunker. And they're like, oh, Dilton's bunker. And she's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, and it's not in like a Hagrid way. Like Hagrid's just like, oh, shoot. Oh, I made a mistake. She's like, oh, no, she very willi- willingly just says stuff. Oopsie daisy. I didn't even mean to. I think she likes the attention. Yeah. To- oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. She's someone who thinks that she doesn't get attention, so she's trying to get attention. And I'm like, really? Because, like, you're a pretty cool person by yourself, so Mm. whatever. Mm. Anyway, on to more important characters like FP and Alice. Excuse you. It is time for the first, like, verbal phallus scene of the season. Oh my goodness. 
I said phallus a yeah. lot. We've now been demonetized. Aw. You know, if this was YouTube. So phallus confront Bughead at home, and they're all, like, doing the Spider-Man meme where it's like, you, you! Because it's... Get it? Do you get it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thanks so much. Yes, yes. Sorry, I misunderstood, yeah. but then I got okay. it. So FP's like, they called us, and Alice is like, um, they called us both. And I'm like, so you guys were banging when they called? Because we totally were not together at that point. Yeah. Separate, so like, separate people. Yeah, you definitely both got phone calls, and you weren't right beside each other at the time, for sure. Right. Yeah, but they, they're they like, hey, can you leave Dilton and Ben alone? Bughead are like, no. And then Alice is like, okay, but like, you need to be more careful after your seizure, Betty. Oops. But another thing is, like, last episode, I brought up that um, Jughead was going to feel, like, partially responsible because he didn't listen to Dilton when Dilton wanted to open up to him. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said that he said that he feels like he owes Dilton. Yes. So, yeah, just shout out me. Thanks. Yeah. But the big drama here is that Jughead didn't know that she had a seizure. Right. And Alice, because, like, her personality is to lash out immediately, she's like, oh, well, it's Jughead's fault that you had the seizure. And I'm like... Alice, you know better than that. Yeah. So my favorite thing here is that Betty is like, oh my god, and storms upstairs, and Jackie goes to follow her, <laughs> and Alice gets in front, and she's like, FP, like, can you please? And FP immediately is like, yeah, honey, I got this. Yeah, no problem. And, like, turns her around babe. and, like, leaves. And I'm like, so what were y'all doing in the house in the first place, though? Yeah. Hmm. She's like, please come over. I got a call. He's like, oh, man, I got a call, too, from the crooked sheriff. Hmm. Okay, that's fully not what happened, though, because they were already together. Okay. Because they were sleeping together, and then they got the call. Where's Polly? While in bed, and then they were like, oh, okay, you don't need to call the other person because I know where they are. (laughs) No, what? And Sheriff Mineta's like, that's too much information. What if Alice gets the call and Sheriff Mineta's like, hey, like, your daughter's being crappy. Anyway, I'm gonna call FP now. And she's like, okay. And then FP, like, literally gets a call and they're like, he's like, hello. (laughs) Okay, but, like, that's probably what happened. Yeah. Anyway, I love that concept. Or what if they were just, like, sitting around, like, having tea? Yeah. That sounds nice. That's cute. Uh, Speaking of tea, Mm. Alice brings Betty some tea and Betty's kind of snotty about it because she's mad at Alice. And she's like, that better not be weird tea from the farm. And Alice is like, calm down, edgelord. Yeah. She says sorry about accidentally spilling details about the seizure and that she was just scared and she wants Betty to be safe. Yeah, she's like very clear. She's just like, hi, I'm not who I was in season one. Yeah. Sorry. I, I love that the narrative keeps reinforcing that Alice is a good person who just makes mistakes and sometimes just messes up. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, when she started blaming Jughead for the seizures? Yeah. I think that was Northside Alice coming out again. Mm. Well, you know what? It's not a flip, you know? It's it's a it's an upward battle that you have to work on yeah. to be a better person. Exactly. And so that's okay. You know, and Alice is like, you know, she's taking some steps forward, but sometimes she falls back. Yeah. And that's realistic. Yeah. So Alice leaves and Betty sneaks out. And I'm just assuming FP then sneaks in. Sure. Yeah, that's what I want to assume. Sure. So Betty sneaks out to go meet Jughead, and so they go walk through a forest, you know, like normal couple stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the seizure, and she actually says that she's embarrassed about it. Girl, why? Oh, I get it. Why? I mean, if I, like, like, she knows the reason why it happened. It's because she misused the drugs that she was on, and she, so, like, then she, and she was meaning to, like, quit them, too? Mm-hmm. And 
And so now, like, she's accidentally made the mistake that, like, it's gone a little too far. And then she has a seizure. And then she wakes up in the hospital. And, of course, that's embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so she's like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and she said because the doctor said it was stress. So, like, she wants to really, like, dismiss it. Yeah, there's a difference between, like, having a seizure because it's, like, an actual, like, um... Condition. An actual condition that you have. And something that you... Obviously not on purpose, but, like, something that you kind of brought on yourself, mm-hmm. you know? That, okay, that's true. That's true. Okay. Especially since she definitely knows the real reason. And I feel like yes. he does, too, because she talked about the Adderall with him. Right. So, hmm. Mm-hmm. But she says that, like, he's like, you know, I don't really want to be putting stress on you. And she said being in the woods and investigating, like, things with him feels normal. I'm like, so your normal is investigating the murder of your friend and you're having a good time? Sounds about right. Okay. That's literally what it was when Jason died. Not necessarily because they were friends or anything, but when Jason died. Midge died. And they were just like, we love solving the murders of our friends. And I was like, can you guys please show a little bit of sympathy? It's not cute. So they hear a sound and the gargoyle king appears. Did you scream? Uh, no. Okay. I was a little taken aback. Okay. Because they, like, it really showed, like, had the light on and, like, bro, that thing was bloody. Yeah, that's the thing that re- that kind of really spooked me about it was that there was blood all over its face. Mm-hmm. So. I have a question for you. I would like to give, I would like to give the Gargoyle King a name. Um, yes? Uh, first let's name it. Yes. Um, the problem is that, um, so our new thing is just, like, naming things that don't have names slash we're not allowed to talk about, uh, mm-hmm. after fast food restaurants. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in another podcast of ours, we have used Burger King already, so I would like to proposition, uh, Dairy Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So instead of calling him yeah. the Gargoyle King, we'll just, like, anyway, so Dairy Queen said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Is like that okay? Like okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, so, sorry, yes, what was your question? My question for you is, do you believe if- that the Dairy Queen is a supernatural creature, or do you believe it's man-made? I was almost, like, I don't know. I think it's Ethel. I think it is, too. I think it's just Ethel being creepy. Yeah. I think, and she's gonna be- I definitely think, if it's not Ethel, it's someone. She's already unhinged, and now this boyfriend she's, like, apparently in love with, her words, Yeah, is also dead as well. Like, Dilton was one of her best friends, clearly. Mm-hmm. Ben was her boyfriend slash best friend. Both of those two are dead. She probably thinks that if she really believes in this Gargoyle King and Dairy Queen, yep. then she probably thinks that she's freaking next. Yep. Unless and it's just her. I I think that, like, it was either Ethel or it was someone that Ethel tipped off or, like, she- That they would be there. She, she Yeah, she was, like, she told, quote, unquote, the Gargoyle King slash Dairy Queen and whoever is- that creature like put their outfit on and trekked out there well clearly she told the the kid she said like two invaders will come in right yeah so he already knew like it's just for i don't like that kid there why keep that kid there clearly it was like a um a decision that she made because she knew that dilton was dead and she knew that he was there until until dilton came back she put the kid in danger bye ethel bye so Betty asks Jughead if he can see it, which I think is really sweet. Because she's like, I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy. Yeah. And he can, so they freaking bolt. And I guess the place you go when you're in trouble is Pops, which I like. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Pop telling their parents that they're there? Because it's none of Pop's business. I guess. Plus, like, Ronnie owns it, so he's not going to yeah. rat on her friends. Yeah. 
So Betty says that the Gargoyle King slash Dairy Queen is too tall to be Ethel, unless it's Ethel on stilts. And I'm like, that's a hell of a skill. Yeah. And Ethel isn't answering her phone. Yeah. But then she's like, okay, well, not okay, but like, then she's like there the next day. So she's not like dead or anything. Yeah. But my favorite thing about this scene is that it finally occurs Jughead to look at the map. Oh my gosh. Which has all the clues that they need. Amazing. They mention the deadfall. Yes. And I had to look up exactly what a deadfall was. Uh, So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, deadfall is a heavy rock or log that is tilted at an angle and held up with section of sh- sections of branches with one of them serving as a trigger. When the animal moves the trigger, which may have bait on or near it, the rock or log falls, crushing the animal. So this is, like, the not-as-nice, like, thing as, like, you've seen that sort of thing with, like, a box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, a box is just, like, to catch it, but, like, a deadfall is, like, to just crush it and kill it. So that sounds pleasant. Yeah, so cute. Um, But, like, it's interesting to me that he, that it's as if, he speaks about it as if it's a landmark. Maybe it looks like a deadfall, but. But it's not. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Right, like, someone would be like, oh my gosh, it's Skull Rock, you know, but it just, it's a rock. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So they were like, oh my god, this is where the hatch is. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that I'm really disappointed. Okay. Because there's a hatch. And they open it, and then Henry and Cusick isn't down the hatch. Yeah, they used the word hatch and the word bunker, and Henry and Cusick wasn't down there. Yeah, like, two out of three. He's always in a hatch in a bunker. Two out of three of our podcasts, they had the opportunity to have Henry and Cusick, and they didn't. Yeah. But I, I'm i going to say the second thing that I'm disappointed in, which is that Betty and Jack had didn't think to look for a light switch. Oh my gosh. Like... They can't have used, like, just candles the whole time. No, and there weren't really candles around. Yeah. It doesn't seem to have electricity, but it's spookier with flashlights. Yeah. So Juggy says that it's, like, the inside of a Philip K. Dick novel. Yes. Um, I think it looks like what a crappy treehouse would look like if it was crammed into a pipe and then not cleaned for ten years. But also, may I tell you about Philip K. Dick? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, he was an American writer known for his work in science fiction. He His work explored philosophical, social, and political themes with stories dominated by monopolistic corporations, alternative universes, authoritarian governments, and altered states of consciousness. That's just how we live now. Yeah. His writing also reflected his interest in metaphysics and theology and often drew upon his life experiences in addressing the nature of reality, identity, drug abuse, schizophrenia, and transcendental experiences. So, um, he was just right on for that one, Jughead was. Yeah. He was right on for that, and, um, we basically, our lives now, we are inside of Philip K. Dick novel. So, the game... This game is all over the room. Yeah. Drawings of the Gargoyle King. Yeah. All over the room. Yes. Little, like, clues. Juggy finds a coin. Yes. That coin comes into play later. Yes. Because apparently that's something that you flip. Yes. And then I guess whatever side you get, you're the one who gets sacrificed. Right. I don't quite get that because they both drank the Kool-Aid. Yes. Um. So. I don't really know. I also, like, don't really know. Um, but, like, I wonder if, like, one of them, like, because clearly Ben was poisoned, but just not enough. Yeah. So, like, does one of them, like, is this going to be, like, part where it's, like, they, if Ethel is part of this, like, that's murder. Mm-hmm. So, like, if Ethel's the one who, like, pours the drinks, that's murder. But if you're flipping a coin, that 
somehow indicates you've got a 50-50 shot of something not happening. But there were two of them and they had equal amounts or almost equal amounts of poison. So is it always meant that one might die and one does? I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay. So the poster in front of them says drink from the correct cup and ascend to the kingdom. Yes. So I I guess it's like you 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 flip the coin and that chooses which cup you drink out of. But they're both blue. Well, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, on that little sign thing, like, it, it is blue. Like, it's colored in blue. Yeah. Um, also, just, like, going back a little bit is, like, when they're, like, looking around and everything and Jughead finds, like, that deck of cards and stuff, he, like, touches the serpent card, like, the one that's the snake. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. I think that has something to do with mm-hmm. it. Now, the thing that I want to know, is this game something that's established or is this game something that the kids invented like, back when the parents were kids. That's the thing, is that, like, Hermione says the kid, like, he, they were found in the forest with blue lips, and everyone's like, oh, so, like, they must know yeah. what that specific thing means, you know? They must have played yeah. that game. So, I'm kind of wondering if they invented it, and that's where, like, a lot of, like, the terminology yeah. came from. So, we shall yeah. see. Because if you were FP and you were trying to contribute to a game... And you were Alice, and you were both serpents. Wouldn't you insist on having a serpent? Right. We mm. shall see. Um, Betty looks under the bed, and I think one of the best jump scares happens here, oh which is the kid jumps out. That was so good. So this kid was supposed to stay hidden until Dilton came back, but Dilton's like he's heckin' dead. At least man. he has food. Yeah, like a can of beans. Yeah. Apparently, this kid was Dilton's apprentice, and Dilton was teaching him how to play the game so that he could join the game. Right. Um, why is he wearing camo makeup? To stay hidden, question mark? Yes. I think so. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. So, Ben was there as part of the game, yeah. and Ethel, mm-hmm. but the kid says that they were not a couple in real life. The kid knows the hot but, goss. Yeah, this kid just knows everything. Yeah. He calls Ethel Princess Etheline. Which is a better name than Ethel, so I'll take it. Yeah, but also, if there's names for people who play the game... He, does, he just says Ben, though. Yeah, so I want to know what, like, Hermione and Alice's oh my and gosh. Penelope's princess names are. Yeah, like their D&D names. Sierra's princess names, yeah. Yeah. And that Ethel said that two enemies might invade the bunker. Now, you think, you said earlier, and this was interesting to me, you thought that Ethel had said that earlier, I, or later. I thought she said that earlier, like, before Dilton died. You think that she, like, had a premonition that it was going, or, or you yeah. think it was somebody completely else? That, that she, me- think, she meant somebody else other than Betty and Jughead. I mean, possibly. Mm. But that could come back. I don't know. I think yours makes more sense now that I'm thinking oh, about okay. it. Um, but Bughead are like, yeah, your like, game is done. And this kid doesn't seem sad that Dilton's dead at all. That's another so thing. Guess, is that they're like... I guess the kid, the kid knew. Yeah, like, they're like, oh, your family's really worried about you. And he's like, eh, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care about his family? He doesn't care about his family. Ew. And he immediately switches to talking about Dilton in the past tense. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And yeah, he just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Which I think is probably because he knew that the rules of the game meant that you actually do die. Right. So I wonder why he was just like, I have to wait till Dilton comes back. If he's, if he knows that Dilton could potentially die. Yeah. What was the plan if Dilton didn't die? If Dilton did die? Oh my gosh. I have so many questions. So Bughead are like, yeah, you're done. And we need to go see Princess Etheline. And then they do. And she's like fully off the deep end. She genuinely says, like, we are in love. And it's just like, oh, man, I would have loved 
to hear Ben's side of the story, but we just we just won't. Yeah. And like the thing that kind of blows my mind is like Ethel has always been someone who's like a little bit unstable. Yes. But this is just totally different. She calls Bughead Philistines who won't understand like her deep geek woes. I'm like, are you kidding me? You are the most annoying type of geek. Yeah, bye. Like, it's like the superior comic book nerds who are like, you don't understand that because you're a Philistine. And I'm like, shut up. You're like, bye. Like, you're talking about comic book characters. Like, this girl's talking about a gargoyle king and her friends are dead. And she's like, you guys are just not smart enough to understand. Yeah. Shut up, Ethel. (laughs) Um, But she says that she's not lying. And And that... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're probably about to say this, but she says, like, you can't tell grown-ups or else he'll get yeah. mad. First of all, grown-ups. Why does Jughead count as a grown-up? No, I don't think she was talking about grown-ups. What, why would you... I mean, why would, why would you say that she thought Jughead... Oh, she oh, said, you mean... look what happened Dilt, to Dilton. Dilton told Jughead. Juggy. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. But, huh. Now she... But she doesn't mind telling Jughead. Weird. So... Okay, okay. Dilton flipped a coin. Let's just lay this out. Dilton flipped a coin. Yes, they both did. Dilton, yes, they both, yeah, they flipped the coin, yeah. drank the Kool-Aid slash Fresh Aid. Yeah. The kid wasn't supposed to go back, uh, was supposed to wait for Dilton to come back. hmm But she says that Dilton dying was a punishment for talking to Jughead. Those things don't all go together. Yeah. Unless you had to flip the coin as a punishment. Oh, like you did something and because of that you have to flip the coin and it's just like, oh my gosh, you know what this is like? This is like uh, this past season of The 100. If you do something wrong, it's like you have to go in the pit, but if you live, then you can, then you get to come back into civilization. Yeah, join or die, basically. Right, yeah. So everyone's like, kind of like, Ethel, what the hell? But Mm -hmm. before she can say anything, she throws her hand up like, um... A little monster, like fr- like Lady Gaga's little monsters, mm. and then she has a seizure. Do you think this was a real seizure? Oh, I was under the impression that it was. Why would she throw her hand up like that? I'm pretty sure that happens to people when having a seizure. Yeah, you okay. you can't you can't like hold you don't know what, you can't your hands like you can't control your limbs. No, I know. I just have questions about the pseudo supernatural nature of this, which I don't think is actually supernatural. Yeah, it's like, if it is, I have a theory that um, it's really interesting that Evelyn has been present for both seizures. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if it is a supernatural thing, that might be like a power that she has, maybe. Yeah. Don't know. So Ethel has the seizure, but she's okay. And Bughead <sighs> want to know the connection between Betty's seizure and Ethel's. Yeah, sorry. But also, like, Evelyn has, like, no reaction to the fact that somebody's literally having a seizure right in front of her. So, like, that's why... Evelyn is pure evil. Pure evil, and also she, like, has... I don't know. She was, like... You know how Quirrell looks in A Philosopher's Stone when he's, like, uh, at the quid- the first Quidditch game? When he's, yeah. um, like, doing a spell on Harry's broom? Yeah, he's cursing it. Yeah. Ow! Kobe! Yeah. Uh... I don't know. That's the kind of look that she was doing. So that's why I was under the, that's what I, that's why I thought that that might be a power that she has or something. Oh, so like Evan, Evelyn is perhaps this, you know, this really furthers the idea that perhaps Evelyn ever, never and Edgar ever, never are in Sabrina. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Okay. So well, anyway, okay. sorry, you were saying. Yes. So Bughead go to check on Ben mm-hmm. and he's sitting on the window ledge and Betty says, everything's going to be okay. And Ben goes, yeah, it is going to be okay. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be okay. Nope, 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 nope. He's going to go be with Dilton. Which is super, super reminiscent of 
Cheryl saying, I'm going to go be with Jason I'm gonna go now. Be with Jason. Yeah. 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 He says that both of them flipped the coin. Yes. Which is an important clue. Mm-hmm. And that Dilton was scared, but Ben isn't. Right. And that right. he will see Princess Ethelene because they will all be reunited in the kingdom dude, one dude, day. Dude, 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 it's dude. all part of his plan. Dude, dude, dude. Okay. First of all, they literally said that Ben was in a coma. So did he just mm-hmm. like wake up from his coma? I don't know. But, but ah, if you're in a coma, how do you wake up from your coma and not have nurses around you immediately? First of all. Second of all, we have total proof that Dilton was scared and Ben wasn't because they go into Pops 301 last episode and yep. and Dilton's terrified and Ben goes, oh, shut up, Dilton, or whatever. And I mean, Dilton goes to Jughead. Exactly. He goes to Jughead. He's terrified. I think Dilton didn't believe. It's kind of like one of those things where you're using a Ouija board and you're like, oh, it's not real. But then something kind of scary happens. and You're like, oh, this might be real. This is terrifying. Yeah. I think Dilton thought it was a game the whole time and he was just really deep into like the RP aspect of it. And then all of a sudden it turned out to be real. I like this conversation just now because I like after this episode, I thought like, oh, like Dilton was the instigator. Like they keep saying like Dilton's bunker, like Dilton, Dilton, Dilton. And now I'm just like. It might have been Dilton's bunker, but he's probably the one who made all those protection talismans because he's terrified. That's why he's in the bunker is because he's scared of the Gargoyle King. Or because he was just really deep into the fantasy of right. it. Like oh, he true. was having a good time doing like, you know, the RP or the LARP of it. Like, like oh yeah, the Gargoyle King and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like they were having a really good time playing the game until it became real. It's like, it, it's literally Jumanji. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm not going to take this seriously, but, like, we'll do, like, some fun things and decorate and draw pictures, and then all of a sudden it wasn't fun. Uh-huh. So, um, Ben says that it's all part of his plan. Yeah. I think that's uh, his with a capital H. Yes. And then one day they'll fly too. Mm-hmm. Which is, um, obviously a reference to it. Okay. Which is, um, you'll float too, you'll float too. Okay. Um, which is what happens when Pennywise gets you. Okay. Um, and then Ben just falls off the window ledge. Yeah. How high is this hospital? Uh, I think it's high, high enough. En- high enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He Well, he lands on a car. Yeah. It's high enough. So. Um, so, yeah, that's the end of that really creepy storyline. I'm into, I'm into this. This season is going to be freaking nuts. I'm, I'm really into this. And if you think that we're missing a scene... You're right, and we're going to go there now. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Parentdale part of the podcast. Oh my goodness. This is everything we've ever wanted since season one, episode freaking one. Literally, I my the first char- like the first sentence of this paragraph is every character I've ever cared about is in one room because it is 2018 and we're getting everything we want, ladies. Okay, are you ready for the list of who all's in the room? Yes, I made one too. Oh, perfect. Okay, Hermione. Okay. Yep. Hiram. Mm-hmm. I wanted to point out that Hi- Hermione and Hiram are the only like people who um are like married slash like have one kid in the room. Like like Ooh. none of the main kids, like none of the main kids both of their parents are there, you know, except okay. for Veronica. Um, okay. Tom Keller, mm-hmm. Sierra, mm-hmm. Penelope, mm-hmm. Fred, FP, and Alice. We put our lists in the exact same order. Oh my God, that's too funny. Okay. Yeah, like we, you go around the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a couple thoughts on body placement here. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think most importantly is the lodges are anchoring the room. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So we have Hiram at the exit separated from Hermione. I think yes. that's really important. 
Right, because we, we haven't seen her like his reaction to the fact that Hermione's like, yes, Innocence Project, sure. Exactly. Yeah. So we have Hermione dead center, and then in front of her, we have Sierra and Tom on one side, and mm-hmm. FP and Alice on the other. Yes. Alice and Sierra are both sitting in front, hands clasped on their laps, okay. with their respective lovers behind them. Oh my god, yeah. Like, standing very protectively behind them. I yeah. think that's supposed to send a very clear sign of, like, where everyone's sort of, like, relationships are at this point. Mm-hmm. Because Hiram and Hermione could not be farther apart. Yeah. Because if you were going to have this be anchored that way, Hiram should be behind Hermione. Yeah. But he's not. Uh-uh. And then we have Penelope on her own. Yeah. But also right dead center. Yeah. And then Fred a little bit off to the left. Uh-huh. It kind of feels like there's a missing piece here. I gotta say, I really dislike that Penelope's there. Uh, why? Clearly, I'm very, I'm just very interested. I, uh, I wouldn't, actually, I wouldn't say that I dislike that she's there. I'm just very interested in the reason why she's there. Because, you know, she, Hermione says that, like, some of us are, like, mortal enemies. But there's a difference between, like, them not really liking Hiram and then, like, Penelope. You know, like, yeah. they're just, like... They're hated in a different way. So it's just, I'm I'm interested in seeing how it's, I, we know from season one that like they knew Penelope, obviously, but it never occurred to me that they would have like come together to make a pact like this. Yeah, it didn't occur to me either. So that's interesting. The thing that I think uh, stood out to me in this scene is that Mary is obviously missing. Right. Is it because, do you think it's like just because she's in Chicago or... No, I just think, like, in terms of, like, the gang, I just want Mary to be there. Yeah, okay, yeah. But anyway, that's what I had, that was just the thing that I found interesting is how, like, the staging of the scene was very obviously, like, couples. Do you think that Gladys is, like, a part of this, or? Maybe. Like, I wonder. She's too busy in Toledo. Because who else? we'll find out. Who else? Clifford obviously is dead. Yep. Claudius, I have a question, but I, I mean, we know that Claudius kind of went off yonder. Then we have Miles, who's Sierra's like ex-husband or whatever, who we don't really know anything about, so he can go. And then Kevin's mysterious mom, who's overseas. And then obviously Hal's in jail. Yeah. So, hmm. Okay. We, we'll see. Yeah. I guess Reggie's parents. Right, Melinda. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I love, I love this core adults team. Like, I wonder if we'll see Coach Clayton... Like, Coach Clayton will see Chuck, potentially. Mm-hmm. Midge's mom, we've seen. Weatherby. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Weatherby. He'll have been, he'll, they'll, they might have to cast a new Weatherby because he's got to be so young. If he, if yeah. he's still the principal. Yeah. Hmm. That's a long time to be a principal. My uncle's the principal of, like, a school. But no, he, I like, think he's supposed to be. different. I think he's, Weather's supposed to be in, like, his late 50s, early 60s. So do you think he would be the principal still, or no? No, I, No. no. I think he'd okay. be in college when the kids were in high school. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> um, speaking right, of right. high school, yeah. Um, Hermione says they all know why they're there, and it's because they made a vow in high school. Oh my gosh, this is a seriously secret, like a, a, a really yeah. serious vow, because even, like Keller says later, oh my god. Wow, how did that sound like, hey Siri? Did your Siri no, just turn on? just yours. Oh my gosh, that was scary, okay. That I was thought scary. that yours, I thought that yours turned on at the same time. I said no, serious, that's why. Um mm. Uh, Keller says later, like, um, you know, why are we bringing this up? We, like, literally promised never to, like, talk about it, think about it, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Well, Hermione says that their problem is that the scout is back and will start talking. 
Yeah. So she says, you know, thank God the scout is back, but also it might have been more convenient if he died, I guess. Oh my gosh. And whatever he says will lead back to them because they had a secret that they buried. Do you think they buried the game? The boy needs a name. Oh my gosh. I think they literally buried the game. And that they like dug it up? Yes. Oh my goodness. Give the boy a name. He's going to be the one who has all the answers. I don't want to hear all the answers from Ethel. Fred wants to know why she's talking about all this. Mm -hmm. And Hermione says that Dilton and Ben were found in the woods with blue lips, which immediately upsets everyone in the room. Yeah. I think FP most, like, obviously because his whole, like, he, like, leans down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Sierra immediately goes into damage control saying, like, well, don't you have a tight leash on Manetta? Uh Uh-huh. But he's not the problem. Yeah, Manetta's not the problem. Jughead is. Mm-hmm. And FP and Alice tried to talk to them, but you know how kids are. They're a little crazy. Especially those kids, yeah. Yeah. And Tom says, this is what Tom literally says, is mm-hmm. they made a pact to never revisit that night, not to mention it, and not to even think about it. So whatever happened, happened just in the course of one night? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, right. Yeah. Holy crap, okay. So either someone died or something so scary happened that they buried that game and swore never to dig it up. Oh my goodness. But Hermione says that is not a luxury they have because all of their kids are involved and they're all in danger. Yeah. What? I need to know. I am so excited about this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is the most interesting thing that's ever happened and I'll say that out loud. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely on board with that because the more that they tie in the like past of the adults, I'm like, yes, God, thank Mm -hmm. you for using them. Yeah. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is asexual jughead, question mark, question mark, question mark. mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. <laughs> I love that. Just resigned. I don't care. Yeah, I just don't care. Um, And my segment is which MILF was the most badass in this episode? I'm actually going to give it to Hermione for yeah, doing something really brave. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My next segment is did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind mm-hmm. of. Like, they were in the same scene at, at the thing, and then and then also um, he was, like, right behind her in the team adult scene. So, and they sure. Were do- yeah, and they were doing suspicious stuff when yeah. Mineta called. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and now it's time for our best line award. So my best line award goes to Veronica for... You're acting like trash, and I don't want to get a citation. Ah, uh, And mine goes to Cheryl for the must de- much-deserved roast of... You can't discriminate against someone because they're better looking than you. Cheryl, watch me. Just <laughs> um, and now it's time for our trailer reaction. Oh, I'm so excited. Are you I'm gonna... excited because I've seen caps from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Okay. But um, I haven't watched the extended trailer. Oh, sweet. Oh, I don't think I have either, actually, then. Yeah, you're going to lose your crap. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I'm so excited. Three, two... One, play. We're here to talk about you. Gosh. Tonight can be your Ooh. first testimony. Oh, oh Evelyn Ever Never is your first game. Why is oh Evelyn Ever Never in so their house? What are you doing? What the hell is Ethel wearing? They're burning things. Ooh, Boxing. they're hiding. Come at me. Betty Make wants me to know what they're hiding. Make me bleed is a weird thing to say. Oh my god. That's right, Eddie. Oh, that was def- I'm Oh my god. You down. Okay, first of all, finally. Okay, I didn't have any sound, so you just give me one second so I can listen to it. Yeah, of course. I'm just gonna be sitting here looking at FP and Alice anyway. Okay. I'm sorry, but I love Evelyn's style. I think it's so cool. Interesting. Also, I love Zoe. I think she's lovely. Okay. Um, so some of the members of the farm are in the Cooper house. Yes, including Evelyn. She's wearing the same thing she was wearing earlier. I feel weird. Can you tell me can you tell me what she's saying? Because I cannot hear it. 
What? Sometimes when we're on Skype, like, it just won't give me any audio. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Can you tell me what Evelyn says? Okay. Hang on. At, like, five seconds? Stop talking. <sighs> we're here to talk about you. Tonight can be your first testimony. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm betting um, for, like, that sounds fake, but okay. Princess that's Evelyn. Really creepy. In the bunker, being creepy as heck. Okay, so here's the... Can't now there's so she candles. says yeah she says welcome to your first game yeah um, she looks ridiculous it's just Jughead okay listen you can't put candles down the where you're walking like that's so unsafe he's his pants are gonna catch on fire because he's a liar that is Alexa criticism and I will not stand for it I'm sorry no but like I know there's a difference between the candles being on the ground and being like literally in the path where you have to walk yep Reggie's like looking fancy okay hang so on I want to like hear a, what he says okay. We've got a problem. Okay, so are they at a dance or something? That's what it looks like. There is. Oh my gosh! I was oh like, oh, where are they? Are they in the trailer? Then They're I realized, the trailer. yep, there's the talking fish. I'm okay. <laughs> so obviously, Bughead showed up after the hashtag phallus scene. <gasps> That's so awkward. I love it. Okay. Okay. Or like they were on some kind of date because Alice has all her jewelry on. Okay, and they're okay. They're burning something. There's a hood, okay, and they're, like, boxing, and Archie's a masochist. Okay, the guy who punches him looks really familiar. I don't think he's a masochist. I think he has to have some kind of injury to prove something. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. The guy who, like, is punching him looks really familiar to me, and I don't know if it'll say on IMDb just yet, but I'm interested in that person. He looks like O-10. Josie, oh my god, this must be the opening of the speakeasy. Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay. Yeah. Bughead in bed, whatever, I don't <gasps> care. That's Chill. where that's where Bughead were. That's why they were so dressed up. FP and Alice were having their own date at the trailer and Bughead went to the opening of the speakeasy. Right. Speakeasy, like it's a, is it an underage speakeasy? Because that's what it feels like. I don't know. What I am interested in is Cheryl in her serpent jacket sitting on the queen recliner. With this little with crown Tony on it. Behi- so with Tony cute. behind her. And Tony, okay, we're bringing back Tony being a photographer, which I support because, like, they, she was, there was this whole thing about her being a photographer, and then they just dropped it. Exactly. Archie punching a dude. Reggie walking into the speakeasy. Um, FP had, okay, go ahead and talk about F- it. FP has a jelly bean tattoo. He loves his daughter so much. And we're going to see Alice's tattoos. Okay, what do you think is his Jughead tattoo? I don't know, but now he needs one that says Charles. (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, but he has an Alice tattoo, right? Oh my god, I don't know. He has to. I bet you he has an Alice tattoo. Veronica. Hiram. Veronica. Ronnie says, that's right, daddy, and I'm shaking you down. Okay. I'm so excited for this episode. This is going to be, like, this is going to be 303 of Riverdale is going to be 502 slash 504 of the 100 for me. Whereas, like, this is where all the good parents content happens, and then I'll be good for the rest of the season. But what about 304? Well, 304 is going to have flashbacks, so more stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This season is dope. When you get fed early for the adults content, because you're going to get starved later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. (laughs) <laughs> our music is terminal but good news too um if you feel so inclined please write us a review on itunes we like those and we also have a survey it's just kind of like perpetually open so if you're listening to this and you haven't filled out the survey go off it's in the description if you're a fan of the chilling adventures of sabrina which we're about to be mm. um we are going to be talking about that show after it's released this month that's actually really soon yeah our first episode we're probably going to go out uh middle of november is probably is when we're aiming for that yeah 
Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. Uh, we talked about all of season four, all of season five. Season six is coming. And as soon as the show uh, ends, we'll go back and do one to three. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a fan of Lost, uh, Robin in particular loves talking about that show. Mm-hmm. We uh, covered season one and we're in the middle of season two right now, actually. Yeah. And if you're yeah. a fan of Stranger Things, our Stranger Things pod is coming in 2019. So stay Yeet. tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter so that you uh, know when that's starting. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Mm-hmm. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because... It's expensive. Our Patreon uh, is just kind of like a service where people can donate to some of their favorite creators. Our lowest one is literally a dollar a month. So you can find that change on the ground. It's like a hundred pennies and that's, well, we don't have pennies here anymore. We don't have pennies. It's 20 nickels. And so those are super easy to find. Thanks. It's really embarrassing that I couldn't do math that fast. Oh. Yeah. Just thought I'd let you know. Mm -hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us next episode for 303 As Above, So Below. Which is a 2014 American thriller film. It is presented as found footage of a documentary crew's experience exploring the catacombs of Paris. So, I actually just watched this movie. Oh, um, right before you moved in, I watched this movie. It was one of my favorite movies that I've watched on like my horror binge because it's uh, reality within reality within reality. They're mm. going through the catacombs of Paris looking for the actual Sorcerer's Stone, the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. And they're looking for Nicholas Flamel's resting place. Mm. Full disclosure, didn't know Nicholas Flamel was a real person until I saw this movie. No way. Um, Brittany. Yeah, yeah Brittany. no, I'm, I'm stupid. Hello. So it's basically their descent into hell. Creepy. So keep that in mind. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. I really didn't know he was a real person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Brittany. <laughs>